Welcome to episode 494 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 25th and the 29th of October 2021. We're we at full volume this week as well. Episode 10,464 to 10,469. I didn't say that. Thank you to everybody who enjoyed our Whispercast last oh, yeah. week. We got quite a lot I of people. I what you were talking about. Yeah, no, that was, it was quite fun to do, wasn't it? Being able to um, try to record a podcast without your parents hearing a couple of uh, the, the next well, room along. They probably did hear us and they're just too polite. Although my mum listens to books. Yes, yeah, she was just fine. I think she was listening to the stats. The stand. We we we've had a few people um say that they drifted off to sleep with our with our whisperings last week. I think week. we should do ASMR cast. <laughs> I think I think this is it, wasn't it? I um no, it was it was it was quite fun to do. Um and we were very excited about last week's Coronation Street. So and it was go. very atmospheric and spooky. It was it was um for in, in time for Halloween, which is just this weekend, isn't it? Of course it is. Yes. You know it is because I'm having a party tomorrow. Yeah. I thought that was a birthday party we're having it's tomorrow. It's birthday slash Halloween birthday party. Birthday slash Halloween party tomorrow. We've got to tidy the house the first time since we moved in. We've tidied it, we haven't cleaned it. We haven't cleaned the house. The hoover hasn't hasn't um, been been used since we moved in. We thought it might just be one of these amazing... Hoover. It's I... because the house is so big that you can spread the dirt further. <laughs> yes, exactly. But now we're starting to notice, like... <laughs> Drifts of cat hair. <laughs> the bedroom floor has just got little black specks on it as I'm, I'm looking down at it at it's, the moment. But... It, yeah, I would not pick this floor. It's but... um, cream carpet in a bedroom. But anyway, that's that's our job tomorrow because we're back from holiday now. We had a lovely week away in Dorset, didn't we? Right on the right on the border between Dorset and Devon. We, 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 we did pop into Devon slightly, didn't we, as well? Yeah. Just to find out whether they invented the pasty 200 years before Cornwall. They, they said, of we, course. They wouldn't... <laughs> Um, we also brought back some Dorset knobs. We did we? bring back a Dorset knob. Yeah, nice. I, this is a biscuity thing, isn't it? For anyone that wants mm. to know, we haven't tried it yet, so we maybe we'll give our full and frank review on Dorset knobs next week. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It's nice to be back. It was like how long we were in the car? Like two and a half, three hours today. It's been in pain, and there's traffic, and it's rainy. Well, I was asleep because I was ill. So I don't yeah, know. and and then we went to get Abby back from the cattery, and she's she's uh, she's sitting on the bed with us now. She's happy to be back. She was very upset with me. Yeah, but she's she's been she's gonna be clingy now for weeks. Yeah, and I love okay. Um, Shall you... we do? Hmm? I haven't got a quiz because hey. I'm on holiday still. Yeah, Gemma didn't. I, I we got back home today. You forgot me. We had the podcast today, didn't yeah. you? I said we got. Don't forget your quiz for tonight. Because like, like, oh. I, I was really um. I was really ill this morning, and so I was think- looking forward to an early night, which I hardly ever do. No, no early then, night for you. No, no early night for me. No, so you haven't haven't got a quiz. Have you got any birthdays? Oh no, I'm done. <laughs> I didn't even mention the birthdays. You to shouldn't. You. you should have asked me. Oh sorry. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry oh, to all the people that have got their no, birthdays I... coming up soon, but we may. I don't not even know how to do it now. Don't worry about it. Sorry. Pe- people can people can look it it's up themselves. I don't think really people really re- rely on us to tell them when Coronation Street cars birthdays are. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but that that's it. That's that's our week. I suppose uh, anything. I think you're dragging it out now. Um, really, nothing more to say apart from. That we should do street talk. We should do street talk, so let's do street talk. 
Okay, into street talk then. So um, it was the, the the aftermath week, wasn't it, this week? After the uh, the epic week that was Coronation Street last week, which massively um, divided the Coronation Street viewers, didn't it? We were obviously on the side of loved it. Oh, we were on the but, side of the goodies. But um, lots of... And everyone of, who didn't like it is the baddies. Well, when we get onto the feedback section later, we'll be able to see <laughs> just what people thought about that and, and the spread on our Facebook poll as well. But I very much enjoyed it last week. Um and I, th- I think the thing, opinions. whenever there's um, some kind of epic, stunty, arresty, crashy, whatever, I always forget that the following week has got to be lots of... Um, Consequences. It, yeah. And talking and crying. How, how did you find this week on the whole? Because it... I I, I thought it was I it was more sedate. It was it was okay this week. We obviously did have another death on Monday, didn't we? Which uh, nobody saw coming there. I was convinced she wasn't going to die because no, I, I was thinking, what the hell? Why? Why kill her on Monday? Not on. Oh, honestly, I think it was a mistake. Just to drag it out a little bit longer. I, get, I, get I don't think drama it benefited the story. This week. Um, but yeah, no, I I thought I thought this week I was mean, okay. But it, you, you mentioned earlier that. Um, People didn't seem that bothered about it having happened. It didn't feel like all hell had broken loose on the street mere days before. It was just back to normal for most people, wasn't it? Like really get emotional about it. I was not expecting Ryan to be the person. No, no, Ryan and Jenny—they're the only people that are properly upset about everything that's gone on. Moody about it. Oh yeah, Carla was a little bit. See, I really am struggling to remember what happened this week because we watched it. On holiday, and when my when I when the context is taken away from me, I feel like I forget things. I know, know I I know exactly what you mean. We also we didn't watch it in the best viewing conditions this week either, did we? So we we were we're never able to watch it live. We 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 may able to convince your parents to let us watch last Fridays when it was on, but apart from that, oh no, I just didn't want to watch it live, Michael. Well, no, we had to no, and I wouldn't have allowed to make notes when they were watching it with us anyway. But Monday night we waited until after they'd gone to bed. You can't go on holiday with people and go, yeah, well we're gonna we're gonna commandeer the television for. Two hours a night. Your mum commandeered the television all day, every day. We managed to get through three series of Downton Abbey in about three or four days this week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, uh, Michael, what were you doing? I was doing work. I didn't bother you weren't me. even there. No, no, I was upstairs. Um, no, so on Monday night, we, we tried to get to watch Coronation Street, and then the TV that was there, that had an ITV Hub app on, so mm. brilliant. We went we'd in... been watching Netflix on all day. Yeah, we've been watching Netflix on this TV, Went up to to click on the ITV hub and it's like, sorry, we're not connected to the internet. But it's not connected to the internet, what you're talking about. But we could well, try as we might, we could not get the ITV hub working. So then we had it on the laptop, but the internet was rubbish out in the sticks, wasn't it? So we were trying to watch it on the ITV hub and it was stopping every 10 seconds for, and then pausing for about 30 seconds or so. And then we tried to watch it somewhere else, we can't really tell you where, and it was all blurry and jittery and like 640 by 480 resolution, it felt like. So Monday day's episodes um it was like watching it through treacle honestly and I think, what, what, was wasn't the washing machine on or something the dishwasher probably like that it was not not optimum cory viewing room. conditions um wednesday though the the itv hub decided it did want to work so we we're able to watch that quite normally it was still it was still late in the evening but, but i was it watching was it going, oh look at that crystal clear quality i can see every hair in his eyebrow and then oh what did they just say yeah and then tonight Basically, we were able yeah. to watch it properly back again so it was fine you tell you what you could make out G- gandhi's nose hairs from 10 <laughs> pages nose hairs. who was it that mentioned that uh, Tez, 
No. Oh yeah, no, it might have been Tez. It might Tez have been Tez, Tez, Tez or Abby or something. Tez had quite a turn of phrase today, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few metaphors in today's episode. <laughs> so um, let's let's see what storylines we got this week then. Um, I've got quite a few new storyline titles here for you, Gemma. See if any of these tickle you fancy this week. So the uh, the Natasha Death storyline, I'm calling Tashes to Ashes. Ugh. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's good. It's good. Bad taste. The the Johnny the Johnny's dead one. I mean, I, mean, I kind of got to call it Johnny Goner, really, hadn't I? I don't know whether that's like too easy. So I've got Johnny Goner as he's he's dead. But the the bit of the storyline which is to do with who's um who's behind the sinkhole, whose fault is it? I call not wholly responsible. <laughs> I think that's quite good. Not wholly responsible. I get, get it. it. I get it. It's good, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, next one, stew in a bag. Do you yeah. think that's what stew in a bag? Yes, yeah, some people eat stew in a bag. You can get stew a, in a bag. You can get stew in a bag. I'm a, bung it in a pot with water. There I'm you go. Lovely, of, delicious stew. And this is I'm stew aware, in a bag. I'm aware. Stew and a bag of cod and parsley sauce, <laughs> but I'm not aware of stew in a bag. Stew in a bag. Is that some kind of Morrison's thing? <laughs> um, we've got back more of the Abby Get Your Gun storyline. Mardi Ardi, we saw a bit of on Monday. Oh, Mardi Ardi, I like that. Uh, and then there was a return on Wednesday and Friday to the heartbroken story, which is Curtis mm. and his dodgy ticker or whatever. I know what you could call this now. What? To boldly go. To boldly go, yeah. His he, hair, to, to his grave. <laughs> yeah. His hair's coming out now, apparently. <laughs> I'm don't, I, I feel really sorry for this, Curtis, because... I'm starting to think now maybe there is something wrong with him but I don't buy it like, I know I can't watch the Curtis storyline without like, thinking he's faking it you're just pulling hair out your own, your own head I don't believe you he might be he might be I he mean he was be. so like he's saying oh nothing don't don't worry, don't about, worry it. about it don't look at my hair I'm just hiding a spider the doctors I don't know. will I think... never but never know what's wrong with me I because think... nothing's wrong with I me don't... yeah I'm very suspicious of him and um, we watched the um, we watched the first episode of the Windsors um, with my mum and dad didn't we and there was yes. a funny scene where Prince William is working in the cafe and a, a man comes in from the air ambulance and he says, we need your help. We're transporting a patient with Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> I know, and I thought Curtis. <laughs> I did as well. I was like, oh, I'm watching a programme with that. And I, no, it's not. I hope it comes out because nothing particularly happened with the Curtis storyline this week, it did it? It's just more interesting if a reminder. Was, if he was a charlatan. Something needs to happen to that story I don't to really make it more interesting. Oh. Tell you. There's already been so many sickness storylines yeah um and then we had a little bit more of the i'll have zidane payment please story which again nothing really happened with it was just probably a reminder that the story's coming back next week it's just a oh, silly story isn't it um do you want to do the tashes to ashes are you, are you feeling suitably sober to be able to <laughs> and i mean sad she's not touched a drink everybody i have not today no not had a drop um i'll do that one you do then. the tashes to ashes See, i on, I'm off to a great start here because I thought you'd written on Monday, Simon's looking money. No, mopey. He's looking so he cash money. It's his fault that Natasha is dead. But well, she's, not, he's not, she's not dead yet, Simon. Oh, she's not, no. Natasha's in critical condition at the hospital because the bullet has damaged her liver, so they won't let her have any G&Ts and they're waiting to see if the operation has worked. Yeah, Peter and... will give one. He's got a healthy liver there, hasn't he? Yeah. Nick. Easy um, come, easy go, Pete. Gets a call from Leanne. And somebody posted a funny TikTok on our Facebook group of um, somebody making fun of the fact that the mobile phone said Liang calling, but she was phoning from a hotel. So how mm. did how did, how did phone the phone know? Mm. Mm, there's a lot of weird technology in Weatherfield, I think. <laughs> Leanne leaves a message for Nick. I mean, the other th- weird thing about um, 
all these phones is that they never have people's photos. No, they don't do, though. That's really odd. They never do. And it's funny. It makes me really makes me wonder why. Because they've got all these headshots, but do they... Do other, like, I know sometimes they use headshots in photos of, like, candid family photos, and it really doesn't look appropriate. Have they realised how silly it looks? And they're like, we can't have headshots on people's phones that just look weird. Just take a photo of the actor. I know, can't you just have them sitting around on a set and just take a photo or something? Is it really that difficult? Maybe, I don't know. Leanne leaves a message for Nick. Um, She thinks that they should tell Sam that Natasha is... um, in hospital because he doesn't even know she's been shot no he thinks that she's still on the way back from London yeah he's confused uh, Sam's confused about where where he is she and is she is <laughs> about where, where he is, is he can't wait to tell her about Weatherfield's record breaking rainfall how insensitive Sam people have died well one person Nick returns so to the far. hotel where Sam and Liana Harvey's are... not dead is he no I he, think was he was apprehended. apprehended but not in it this week He's apprehended, but he won't be in it anymore. No, apparently, I, I didn't see this, but I think Will Miller has put a tweet out to say... He said, yeah. That's my lot on Corrie. Oh, I thought he said I would just I had a great fun being oh, naughty. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, <sighs> Nick returns to the hotel with Sam and Leanne are and breaks the news to him that there was an accident and his mum has been hurt. He wants to go and see, see her, so Leanne stays there because she's trying to get hold of Simon, who's moping in the ginnel. Sam goes to see Natasha and oh it was really sweet and I'll tell you one thing I liked about it too is that they didn't try to make the script like too clever or witty or poignant or uh, fancy it literally was like Natasha just stroking his hair and telling him that he loved she loved him yeah it was yeah. just sweet and simple I thought it and because the performances were so good I think it worked so well yeah this this because he goes to see her twice on Monday this was his first yeah. one for a little bit of a hair stroke um he's got some pretty good crop of hair on there hasn't he he's got a waterfall of gravy he's got plenty of he's, time he's gonna have Seb's man bun before you know it and uh, and then there was a later well maybe he'll never get his hair cut again tragic scene maybe because his mum's a hairdresser and now she's dead yeah He's going to have to go to Audrey. He's going to have to slum it all together. That'd be quite David. a fun uh, a character. Uh, p- uh, perk? Tra- no. Trait? Yeah. I don't think. You'd have to ask Jude Riordan <laughs> to just never cut his hair. Though. Um, so, yeah, Simon arrives at the hospital and uh, reveals that Natasha was shot to Sam, who doesn't know. Yeah, he, he's kind of... He's blaming himself. He says, it's my fault that your mum got shot. I got involved what? in that county lines shot. thing that uh, no one really knew about before it was on the show. Mm. No, everyone knew about it. Um, he says, uh, sounds like, no, no, it's not your fault, it's Harvey's fault. Thank you for telling me the truth. Then, a uh, nurse comes to tell Sam and Nick, Natasha's come around, but she needs to go back into surgery because she's bleeding and they don't know where. I don't know whether from... it was a nurse. I've written a nurse in the notes here, but it was probably How like a doctor or something. <laughs> or a surgeon. The head of the NHS. Yeah. The, the health minister. <laughs> Dr. Chris Whitty, Emma's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> that was this please. week, wasn't it? Um... Maybe. I think she I think she did. I think she's mentioned him before. We all love Chris Whitty in this country. Sam goes in and hold, holds Natasha's hand and she says, I'm fine, I love you, I'm proud of you. No matter where you are, I will always be with you. And um he she says I love you a lot and he doesn't say it back to her. No. But he you know No. He didn't need to. And then um off she goes. That was the last we saw of Natasha. She's off to the theatre and the uh, much like Abraham Lincoln, she didn't have the best of times there. 
Oh, well done, Michael. Um, <laughs> to, to your praise. Mm. Just the smug self, sense of self-satisfaction. During the op, um, Sam is talking about what they need to get for Natasha. He's not, he, he doesn't seem particularly concerned. He's he, he's uh, talking about the NHS great and everything, and of course that they'll, they'll matter, solve the problem. Of course, problem. Yeah, he will is. be fine. Yeah. Very optimistic young lad. That will, the show will knock that out of him. He writes his mum a card. He draws a little heart on it. He's talking about what they're going to do. Surgeon comes and says, um, can I talk to you please, Nick? And Sam's like, oh, can I go see my mum? I'll go wait in her room then if you want to talk privately. And and it's really like the, the I think it's a doctor, the surgeon, um, saying, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> um, she's bored. You can't. Yeah, she's dead. Uh, very sad. I don't think she said that. What did she say? She didn't make it. She just or... said she's not. They, you know, we did everything More that we could do for the the meat grinder or two and one funeral at Archie Shuttleworth. Get in there with Johnny. Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. We can take any uh, organs apart from the liver. <laughs> on Wednesday, Leanne, what? I'm just thinking if Peter had like clung on for a bit longer, we're like, I'll have a liver. Oh, it's oh, the only God thing I can't have. Uh, um, now. Nick, Leanne, and, and Sam all live in Victoria Court. Victoria Court, but for They're some reason, hotel, you're not allowed to go back. Some people seem to be allowed back, and some people not. Well, they went back. They went back on Wednesday, didn't they? They went back and and saw the stain on the floor. Is that why they? No, but they, today I'm sure because I watched those scenes again. They say they can't go back because it's not safe. No, I don't think. So. I don't know. I think so. They, they did go there, didn't they, on Wednesday? See, this is what I don't like about... Um, it's the same in America. Mm. Um, that when you have a violent crime in your home, they just leave the blood and gore everywhere. Do they? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they don't... Um, they don't... They don't clean it up for you. You have to do it yourself. Well, this was... Um, the, when, when they went back on Wednesday, you said that the, the floor was a different shade because of, you know... The, what they used to clean it with or something. I He's... honestly think that if I was going to do start a charity, I, I really feel badly about that. I think it's awful. People whose whole lives have just been wrecked by some horrible crime and then their house, you can't feel safe in it again. And imagine mm. cleaning blood off the floor of somebody that you loved. I think um, it's horrific. Yes. You have to pay a lot of money to companies to come and do it. Mm. Why you look so awkward? I don't know. I'm just saying, yes, I, what I agree. What blood have you cleaned up? <laughs> None yet. Mm. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I don't know whether it's worth the effort of stabbing you in your sleep now for somebody's, if I've got to be the one to clean it all up afterwards. I suppose the good thing about murderers is that they generally do try to clean up the crime scene. <laughs> yes, they do, don't they? They're very <laughs> neat oh, nice like that. nice and helpful. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, that's just too macabre, isn't it? Uh, so right. Leanne Halloween gets told that they can go back to the flat and Nick and Leanne worry about how Sam going to be going where his mum got shot and oh Nick starts to make out that he remembers when his dad was stamped. I thought that I thought that was nice that they mentioned Brian's death. And, <laughs> I did think that he... was he uh, but also he was like oh I was so sad for so long it's like no, he kind of was. I mean, mostly he was egged on by Ivy, wasn't he? About, isn't it tragic that your dad's gone and he's in heaven now and you'll be with him one day as long as you 
<laughs> don't don't go convert to, to Protestantism, yeah. And carry on being a choir boy in the football team. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was good, but um, yeah, he it did affect him. And like even we we just saw them. I mean, this is just recently on ITV three classic Coronation Street, wasn't it? In like ninety eight, ninety nine, maybe when um when his killer Brian's killer comes out of jail and uh, Nick lures him back to the house or something. I can't remember, but um no, it, it affected him for a long time. And he was talking about the fact that uh, he doesn't want Sam to go through this pain that he went through, but you know, what, what can you do? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the difference being that Brian was on the Krypton Factor. <laughs> I but that. can I also just say, both Natasha and Brian, amazing hair. Yeah. Unparalleled. Such volume. <laughs> um, yeah, Sam goes home and he's being very clinical about it, like you said. The floor's a different shade where they cleaned up the blood. He does. He says, I don't think I can live here anymore. I want to go to the Undertaker's and see my mum. Okay, all right. So that's why they're at the hotel. But I'm sure that maybe he, maybe Nick just said we can't go back there again. And I assumed yeah. something you different. what happened. I didn't forget. I made an <laughs> assumption that was incorrect. That's completely different. Okay. Um, Nick's like, I don't know if it's a good idea, really, to go and see, see your mum. See your mum in a basket. Um, and... And Sam says, well, I know she'll look different, but she's not here and she's not here. And the computer, like her brain's a computer and it's stopped functioning. But I still want to see her because then I'll know it's really real. And he he does this really poignant speech at some point about. Oh, no, he says it later. Yeah. 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 Well, no, OK, there. so um, they go to the cafe and Nick's like, I don't really I don't know what to do. I don't know if it's a good idea. And I don't think you should. And Sam's like, no, I don't care whether you what you say. I'll go alone if I have to. It's my mum. My mum that's dead. He gets up and, and leaves. And so Nick has to follow him. And then this was also a great scene. Leanne in the cafe alone. Well, Toya's there. And she breaks down in front of her. And she's like, oh, I can't be his mum. I, I don't... I didn't think I would ever be a mum again after Ollie died. Um, I can't be his mum. I I kind of glad that, that that she's not just sliding into the role. I mean, it's uh, I'm imagining it's going to happen eventually yeah, because uh, somebody met. You I can't, can't remember really. this toy or Nick or somebody that said, "Well, you you know, Simon wasn't your son either, but he he became your son." Yeah. But in a way, that's like a bit, it does feel like a bit of a burden, doesn't it? Like that you've got this expectation on you that you're just going to naturally become the replacement mum to this this kid. But yeah, it's good that it, good that it got mentioned. Um, and I think she also said, um, she she can't like she thought that Oliver would always be with her, and she's kind of got this worry in her mind that Sam will go as well, <clears throat> and who knows what how what she thinks will happen, whether she thinks Sam will go and live somewhere else, or she and Nick will break up, or Sam would die or something. But she's so reluctant to give her heart to anyone else on that level of being a mum again. See, if this was an American soap, they would have just aged Ollie up to be um, Sam's age and then have had done with the whole of this storyline. I think this is just a, basically a Corey's way of getting around the soap opera of rapid ageing syndrome. And like, what are you talking about? Well, maybe they wanted Leanne to have a son that was Sam's age, but they can't, we, we can't, he's only three, what it's do we boring. do? <laughs> Let's kill him off and then just get a new one in and what, there you go. Pu- what purpose do you... 
would you have for needing a son that's older? Well, just so they can get him in the storyline. Do you know that kids, well, you know, young thing... kids on Corrie don't have much to do? Boring, aren't they? Yeah, for most of um, The thing is, they they tend to age all by themselves. You don't generally need to get involved. So, some in... age faster than others, don't they, they Jack? They do, they do. Um, no, okay. so, I, I just wonder, like, is, is it helpful that Leanne and Nick now have an older son? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, poor old, poor old toy... Uh, Leanne is crying and uh, Toya's um, trying to comfort her. Um, Nick, uh, you've got rid of the first line. I haven't. No. Um, Up. Oh, sorry. Nick finds Sam in Seb's garden. Huh? Not Victoria Court thing. They've got too many gardens now. They need to get rid of Seb's garden. Victoria Gardens. Yeah. Um, He's in Seb's garden. Yeah, he's in Seb's garden. I know. (laughs) He's confused and he says... I don't feel like she's dead. Like, I keep thinking I've got to go and say something to her. Or I want to see her tomorrow or I want to talk to her. I haven't getting, didn't get to say goodbye to her properly. I want to go and do it now. I need to go and say, see. And Nick agrees because what else could you do? This little kid here is telling you something. Hmm. How would... How... <sighs> see, see, some cultures, this is completely weird that you would even have this discussion you have an oh, yeah, open, the casket. open casket, so the norm in lots of places, aren't they? And it's not really common here, I don't think. No. You went to an open casket funeral, didn't you? With uh, wasn't Sarah's dad? My best friend's dad. Uh, yeah, it was a um, uh, Caribbean yeah. um, wet uh, funeral, and they did all file. It was at, I was sat right at the back because I was like, well, I'm here to support Sarah. I'm not here to sit, at, you know, the front, and. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's weird to see a dead body, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it makes you feel strange. The only dead body that I saw was Mum, and mm. we were there when she died. Yeah, and and I kind of just hung around for a bit. I can't remember whether I went sort of in, a, in and out of the room, but I know I went. Oh, you went back, I think. Did I? I think I. And you talked to her. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I went and told her about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she was dead. It's like it's like in, in the in the week before Mum died when she was in the hospice, and I was like, oh god, do I mention the podcast? Do I? Shall I? I don't think she. I, I don't know. She might have been. She might have been, but no. It, and, she and, wouldn't have understood what you're saying. I I know, but no, it was it was weird. But you told her. I told you think her. You came out and you said that you told her. Yeah. Um, very strange. But I don't know whether I felt that I needed to see her. Body or because anything, you but... yeah, but you saw her pass from this world. Yeah, you were there. She was there, there, and then she was dead. Yeah, and it's different when you last time you saw them, they were talking, and you know, because mm. your mum kind of went to sleep. Yeah, especially with somebody like Sam as well, who's like, yeah, very, very practical, and uh, he he. Um, he probably thinks that it's, if it's I see the right her, thing, then I, I will, will be able know. to. I will know that it is true, and I will have evidence. Basically, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. This is when Leanne is talking to Tor and saying that she doesn't want to to sort of replace Oliver, and she doesn't want to get too close to to Sam. So Nick and Sam go into Archie Shuttleworth's parlor, um, where Natasha's in a. Uh, a basket casket. She is. Do you think there's a company that makes them called them basket <laughs> casket? If they, not, I've got a business idea. They do like the um, 
the, the, the sustainable going, caskets. The, the, the sustainable caskets and coffins. They started off with Haley. She started a trend, didn't she? She did. With a floral trendy. cardboard one. And yeah, well, it's all I the feel like they're now. ramming it down my throat, Michael. I think there's far too much politics on this show with all these wicker caskets, mm. trying to make everyone feel guilty about having wood <laughs> caskets. Um, anyway, he's there, like wide eyed, and they seem to have been standing there for a while. In they, didn't, they didn't get um, Natasha to be, to lay down in the coffin, did they? Sometimes they no, do that. They They'll do, have the actor yeah. back to just be a dead body in the yeah. next episode. But I was wondering whether she would. And there wasn't even like... There wasn't even a nose poking out the top. Sometimes you'd see like a nest of hair or something. Yeah. Her beautiful golden curls. But no. Sam is not ready to go yet because he's prepared a speech with bullet points. But then he folds the paper back up and says it from the heart. In true soap style. And it's very sad. This speech. He's he's saying, "I didn't, I didn't. Did I tell you I love you? Did I say the actual words? Did you know anyway?" Oh, it's so sad. Um, he t- talking he did about so well. yeah, talking about how all the times when he pushed her away and didn't say "I love you" and didn't kiss her back and. Um, it's. I think it's the sort of thing that lots of people will um, worry about if somebody's taken from them and they think, you know, I I jokingly made out that I didn't want you there all the time or, I'd, you know, I pushed you away and everything, you, you know, and it's a very, yeah, very Yeah, well, he says, real. I love you and it's too late. And Nick said, she knew. Very sad. Hmm. Um, Leanne finds Nick upset in the hotel room because Sam has shut himself in the loo and he needs to take a crap. Anyway. He's still in there on Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Today. Um, no, he's saying, oh, I think it was a mistake. Um, I don't think I was good enough, Dad. And Leanne says, yes, you were. We can do it. And he's just glad they can do it together. Um, on Friday, Sam is still in the loo. Nick's at a loss. We've all been there. Leanne's like, just go downstairs. They'll have one in the lobby. <laughs> he finally arrives out of the out of the toilet in part three of the hour-long episode on Friday, and they they tempt him out with their room service, but then they make they make him have macaroni cheese anyway. <laughs> That's going to clog him up even more. I know, he's going to be back in there in five <laughs> minutes. I like macaroni cheese, but it's a side dish. It's not a meal. <laughs> it's Where's a, the it's meat? It's a school lunch classic. <laughs> Does she have macaroni and cheese at school lunches? I don't I remember. I don't think so, but it's definitely on the menu at my school. Is it? Now, yeah. Is it gloopy style or it's like great, yeah. hard it's like lasagna so, style? Sometimes if we're lucky, the children don't eat it all and the, and the, and the, kids, the cooks... Well, Do you go round to the plate? They just bring it round to the staff room and say, anyone want any more macaroni Do cheese? Do they? Yeah. I would just imagine you in the in the um, dining hall going, hey kid, what's that over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh look, you've eaten all your macaroni and cheese, you pig. Go and play, <laughs> go and play outside, burns them off. Nick tries to apologise for yesterday to Sam... And Sam is just staring out of the window. He's staring at with something, With nothing, isn't he? no expression on his face. He's like shell-shocked. Like that, do you know that gif of that, or that video of that dog who has um, PTSD? No. <laughs> it's just a dog with like a frozen weird expression wearing a party hat. <laughs> it doesn't make sense unless you you've seen this gif. I'm sorry, everybody. Um... He's just that, yeah, he's got a thousand yard stare, isn't he? And uh, Nick's apologising and saying, oh, I'm just a terrible, I'm new to being a dad, I just want to talk to you. Goes And Sam goes right back to the bathroom. There's nothing they can do, just need to be there to support him when he decides it's time to open up. 
So was that um was that suitably tragic and sad for you? It was it, really Jenna? sad, and it made me sad to read it out as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Um... I forgot that I was sad about. it. <laughs> I uh, see this is this is one of those times where I wish that I had a heart because I went onto the onto the Twitters and the Facebooks and everything afterwards and there were people saying oh I was in, I was bursting into tears about this I was so sad about it you know and uh, and I was thinking I, see when I watched it I was thinking oh this is sad but I don't know whether I was really feeling sad about it. Do you I was thinking worry that you might be a psychopath. I don't know, maybe. I think you could. And I was because I was watching it. I was thinking he's doing a good job acting, is he, Jude Jordan? He's 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 doing it properly. But I, it didn't make me feel sad at all. And I just don't ever feel sad at TV shows or films. Literally, Forrest Gump is the only one. Well, at least you can say that. Yeah, but I I wish I I make. I wish that I did, because when, when TV shows do get to me, and you know I've said in, sometimes in Coronation Street when I'm like, I get that edge of my seat feeling and I get my shaky like, oh my God, it's like when Hayley was dying or whatever. That wasn't, I wasn't necessarily sad there. I was just very, very um, tense. And um, when, yeah. when, I, when I get, when Coronation Street makes me feel something like that, I think, yeah, that has done a good job. So when I hear people saying I was, I was bawling over these Sam scenes, I just think, I kind of think, lucky you, I wish I was like that. <laughs> I just got, I think I've got a heart of stone. I've, I recognise that it was sad, but it was just... I understand that in theory, your grief is sad, small child, but I cannot really I think, me and Sam, I think Sam would be the same. I don't think a TV show would make Sam feel sad either. Because he'd know it was just acting. I understand that it's supposed to be sad. And I can imagine if that was me, I'd be sad. But I don't feel sad when I watch it, Dad. Is you... that wrong? <laughs> you don't cry at TV shows either, do no, you? No, because you make fun of me. I do not! No, I said you would make fun of me. No. You would. Did, did you, you, you felt go, sad? Oh, you're, and you go, oh, look, you're sad. You're you're sad. No, I'm too I tell you, to... I tell you, I, I'm, I, I'm very I'm jealous of the anyway, people that get sad about it this. It does make me did... sad, but I don't like it. I don't, I don't find it cathartic or... No, you don't like being made to I feel sad, cross. do you? you? Yeah, Gemma gets angry like if I'm people... I feel like I'm being manipulated. <laughs> yeah, that's you always say. I tell you, manipulate my emotions. <laughs> Listen here, Jude Riordan. She's going to get you manipulative <laughs> little scrote. How dare you try to get inside my mind and make me feel sadness for something that hasn't actually happened. <laughs> I thought he did a, he, he's such a fab job. I was a bit worried on the end of Monday's episode after Natasha died and um, we didn't get to see a reaction. We had the the nurse, the, uh, the trolley the surgeon, pusher. The uh, The porter. The passerby, yeah. The cleaner. Coming to report. Oh, sorry, I'll just come in to clean this room because she's dead. <laughs> Is that her stuff in the bag? Thanks very much. <laughs> and then, and then the, the last shot of Monday's episode was just lingering on Sam's kind of shocked face. And I was thinking, are they, are they not going to see a reaction from him? But then we, we did. Yeah. But we, we did. We did. We, I mean, we, we had a lot of him. Mm. And people are already on the internet saying, oh, there's too much Sam on here at the moment. Why why is Sam taking over the show at the moment? Samination Street or whatever. And what? I'm thinking, no, it's just that this week he happens died. to be the main character. Yeah, he's been in it a fair it? amount this this year, but I wouldn't say that he's in any danger of taking over the show at all. No, I don't it think makes he's sense for him that. to be in it. Um, but... I mean, quite apart from the fact that um, he le legally can't be in <laughs> yeah, exactly. every episode. So, um, so I, I was very interested to see how they would have him react to this because he's. Um, you know he's not a he's not a usual kid, is he? Our oh, Sam, he's um he's a bit of a 
a bit of a boffin. He's a bit. Um, how do I? Say, I don't want to say this in a horrible way, but I probably will because I'm not very tactful about things like this. You should read some of the reports that I write with my children at school. No. But he's a little bit of a robot, isn't he? Um, and he he doesn't kind of he's not over the top with his emotions. Um, but I thought it was played just right on Wednesday and today actually. And when he was just he was being very practical about it when he was saying, oh, you know, her computer's, her, sorry, her brain's like a computer, it's just switched off. When he was um, stood there over the casket, just staring. And then uh, when we had these scenes today with Nick and he was just staring into the into the window or the wall or whatever it was that was in front of him, I, I thought it was perfect for that character because mm. he's not the sort to, to break down in tears. I'd be interested to see if he ever does because he's... Is is he bottling it up at the moment, or is this is this just a style? Are we going to see him squeeze out a few tears? I'd be think, interested. I think he feels emotions, but he analyzes them. Yeah. Too much, and uh, he's just overwhelmed, and he can't dissect it. And he's probably trying to, because it's far better to examine something remotely than to face up to the horrible truth that. At such a young age, mm. your mother's died. I think that's. I mean, it, the the comparisons have been drawn between Sam and Roy before, haven't they? And I think that's quite similar to him that he uh, he doesn't give give in to his emotions very readily, but then sometimes he does, and it's amazing. And uh, I I would hope at some point we do get to see because I think he could do it. Um, some proper outburst, outpouring of grief or emotion or something from Sam. But honestly, I think that the uh, they've played it just just right at the moment. That that speech on Wednesday he did, it was brilliant. And there was there wasn't like, um, you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a hint of of humor or or silliness or or anything about it. It was just very very much in character, saying it from the heart. Um, utterly, uh, completely believable. So well done to everybody involved, I think. It was, uh, yeah, really, really, really well done, wasn't it? But um, people have said um, there's too many Coronation Street kids being made orphans. That It's not been... It's not, first of all, it's not... No, no, sorry, not orphans, semi-orphans. But Is that uh, what they call them? Is that what you are? Yeah, yeah, semi-orphan. Um because, and it's not the first time that people have remarked on the fact that um, you know, lots of kids are losing their parents. Like, you know, you've got um, Jack's lost his mum and uh, Liam's lost his dad. And, you know, going right back to Peter and Susan lo- lo- losing Valerie and everything. But um, it was after this episode on Monday that it's it started brewing up on the on social media again like isn't this ridiculous that too too many kids are losing their um their parents just for i don't know for storyline purposes what what do you think did, did it bother you no all the best um children are orphans in fiction aren't they <laughs> yeah how, how, how how it? They do, they did great almost every Sophie single from the BFG. like adventure book when i was a kid almost every single one began with then the parents died and I always used to think when I was a kid, wow, I wish my parents were dead because then, <laughs> then I'd have a proper adventure or at the very least divorce so I can get two Christmas presents. Uh, I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't particularly bother me, but it is a good point that maybe an um, unlikely proportion of uh, children are losing parents in this show. But... Yeah, the thing about Weatherfield is that it's full of skewed statistics. Yeah, of all sense. 
basically. You can't censors. You can't just never kill off characters because they have children and it's not realistic. Mm. Um, Quite often, the the mum, the mummy actresses want to go off to leave Coronation Street to do bigger, better things. As well, babies, they They can't be looking after other people's fictional babies. Um, And and to be honest, the writing has been on the wall for Natasha, as we've said. Literally for the past year plus, ever since she swung back into the show last autumn, saying Nick, I've got a surprise. I literally son for don't you. think there's ever been a character in Coronation Street that we have been so absolutely sure that she's going to die a horrible, tragic death from almost the minute she came on the show. No, it it's just like watching like Bambi's so mum frolicking around a meadow, going, "Well, she's not long for this world, <laughs> is she?" It's making another me... another great orphan, Bambi. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um we, we I'm sure in the predictions for for this year we said that Annie. she was gonna die. I know, and um, and Violet as well. But there's something funny going on with that storyline in there because Dylan, um, Sean's son came into the show for a little bit and then he wasn't, and then it there was maybe a storyline about him being getting bullied that lasted for about half an episode and then we haven't heard from him again since. But wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if um, if Violet Wilson is the next uh, Corrie mum to pop her clogs. But um, everyone, everyone again, this is an, the other thing that happened on social media on Monday. Everyone seemed mad that Natasha's dead. I don't know how much of it you read, but I was looking I on, I was looking on Digital Spy going, and looking on Twitter. And even character. on our Facebook group, to be honest, and I put a very... <laughs> Frank and brutal post where somebody yeah, somebody posted on a Facebook group, oh, I'm so sad that Natasha's dead. Why they shouldn't have killed her off? What a stupid move. And I was like, no, it was an obvious move. Good riddance to her. And apart from the fact that literally before we even knew what she would like, be like before, the, I mean, this time she came back, it just felt that this was a way to get Nick to have a son. So the only reason that they could do that, the only way they could do that was by killing off Natasha. But that, that aside, at the end of the day, Natasha wasn't an interesting character, and I'm sorry, but and everybody thinks that she was. But are you watching a different person? She literally had no personality, and she was barely in it this this time. I think I've got like a little bit of leftover resentment. No, that's not the right word. I, I don't know, but I I never liked Natasha the first time round, and she was in it what two three years um back in the late. Uh, early 2000s, like our first decade of the, of the millennium. And she was a complete waste of time character. She was in the background, in the um, salon with Audrey and Maria, doing nothing for literally all of that time. And then at the very, very end of it, for the last, like, maybe the final month, they finally like, oh, we better give her something to do. Let's get rid of her. And she had an awesome exit. She had a really, really fantastic exit the first time around, didn't she? Where she... she um. She she makes she starts to make enemies of a variety of people in on the street and then her final scenes is um proudly walking off the street with like a exploding bomb behind her almost just after telling everybody how much she hates them Nick Gale and the others really 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 brilliant exit but her most of her time on the street was dull um and then this year as well she hasn't done anything interesting she's a fine actress um. I, I sorry. I can't ever remember how to say her surname because it looks complicated to say Rachel L. Um. But I don't believe that Coronation Street have done anything to try and make her into an interesting character. She's just a vessel to deliver Sam to the street and then to die. She's a nice mum. She was just a nice mum. She had nice but I, hair. I, sorry, I don't get where people are saying what a brilliant character with so much oodles of potential Natasha is. I she, don't get it. She fulfilled all 
all the potential that she was ever going to deliver. She's the sort of character who, if if they'd wanted to give her a brilliant storyline, I'm sure she would have risen to the challenge, but... But she's also one of these people that, like, the very, very few people on Coronation Street that you can genuinely say, oh, yeah, I think that I'd quite like them and want to be their friend in real life. Because I think, honestly, that's the hallmark of a boring character. <laughs> like, if and if the only word, really, that suitably describes you as a character is nice, then you're never going to be interesting to she me. She was just obscenely inoffensive, yeah. wasn't she? And, and, and even in the past, past 12 months, she's just swanning back and forth to London. And it's like, oh, there she is. And she's telling like, Sam supposedly... that she's not allowed to see Nick. And all this episode, she says she oh, yeah. he can go and see Nick. Yeah. And then and... she says she's going to pay for the sinkhole. And, and now she says she's not going to pay for the sinkhole. She's forgot, apparently. And that is basically the extent of anything that Natasha's done for the last year. And I honestly, I think that probably there were, she was she had a bit of a um, an extension to the old contract because it wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest um, if, if I found out that she was supposed to be killed in the big sinkhole spectacular of the 60th anniversary that never happened last year. But And then suddenly they're like, oh, we've got Natasha for another 12 months. What do we do with her? Um, nothing? Anyone have nothing? Everybody? Yeah, nothing. What a brilliant idea. Let's make her do nothing for a year and then we'll kill her off around the 61st anniversary. <laughs> You're being such a bitch. I know. I just, she was so dull the first time around. Seriously, she was. She was. Um, so I, 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 I'm I not feeling... It, it she was, was... She had a sad She death. was a nice lady and she was a very good mum to Sam. Um, but she's not the sort of person that is interesting to me. And I can imagine... I don't want to offend anybody, but I can imagine if she was on a forum, it would be you know, like a puppy, pictures of puppies forum and her username would have been... Sam's mummy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember when Phelan was on the uh, mum's chat room as Freya's mummy? Oh, yeah, Freya's mummy. <laughs> what, I, what I am going to miss, I'll tell you that, is that the relationship... But listen, I just want to say, I, I know that people are very dismissive and mean about women like that, who their whole world revolves around their children, but of course, that that's exactly as it should be, and you sh- your child, if you're a mum... Of course, they're the most important person and nobody else comes close. But it's just not very interesting <laughs> if you're not the child. I was going to say, what I will miss is the relationship and the nice pictures that are put online with Rachel oh, and, oh, and yeah, Jude. Oh, yeah, I know. The behind the scenes. Those two like, have oh, been lovely mom, together. Oh, He's she, she, she properly is his telly mum, isn't she? Really she seems really lovely. Um, and I feel, I feel very gutted for Jude that he's not going to he's not gonna be going to work with her because, oh. I mean, pretty much all the time that he's been on the show, she's been there as well. And it, it must be weird to have have your telly mum taken away from maybe you. That's, you? Maybe that's maybe you was really in the big wide world of Weatherfield. Maybe now. you'll be able to channel that that sadness and maybe. do a cry. Maybe, maybe. He hasn't want... done a cry yet. He has he? not done a cry yet. I bet he could. I bet he could. He's we really don't brilliant. Know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> um, so yeah, all, all very very well done. Honestly, that casket scene was brilliant. I was um, I was worried that. Um, I was, I was, I don't know what I was worried at whether he like he wouldn't be able to pull it off or whether they would make it right, too weird. Yeah, because this is the thing like... with Sam, and this is another thing that I put on a Facebook group that this week, and maybe it's controversial, maybe it's not. I don't know, but I still, I still like Sam, but they've got to be really, really careful because I think that they're in the same way that some script writers are like, can't have Toya in a scene without mentioning a vegetable somewhere. Or counselling somebody. Yeah, literally. Every other every other scene is like, this is a counselling scene, this is a vegetable scene, and that is Toya Battersby at the moment. Um, with Sam, 
it's like if I'm writing a scene for Sam, I've got to have him spout out a piece of random trivia. Otherwise, how will we know it's Sam saying this line? And it feels like that the, the, the writer has got like a dictionary, not sorry, a dictionary, an encyclopedia sitting next to them when they're writing it or just Google, they've clicked the random page on Wikipedia and they're right, Sam's going to come up with a fact about this now. Um, and although some children do like their facts, I know, I'm you know, a teacher, I know that there are some children that are full of, of uh, interesting... Um, Anecdotes. <laughs> yes. But sometimes it feels like every other sentence that comes out of Sam's mouth is is a bit of trivia and it doesn't feel natural as a character. Um, but I think in the second half of this week, when they eased off of that, he was a much more um, believable and interesting and um, the kind of character that I, that I cared for. So honestly, be careful, be careful not to make him, you know, that his thing, Coronation Street, because it's not as endearing as you might think. It's it's maybe starting to wear a little bit thin. I'm really fascinated to know what he's going to be like as a, you know, as a teenager and a, a young man. Maybe is he going to be a bit. Be a is he going to be a bit of a Sheldon Cooper, maybe? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, What's a stealth sore Oh, that's what I soap off for rapid aging syndrome. Right. I probably, I've probably talked about that in my notes earlier. Um, so I, I I wonder what what is going to happen with Sam now, and is he gonna? Because at the moment he's blaming Harvey, but is he gonna start to blame Simon, or is he gonna look for blame somewhere? It's interesting comparing his reaction to Jenny's and Carla's, I suppose, who are looking for the scapegoat in this, and and Sam seems to be the one with his head screwed on, saying, "Well, Harvey's the one that pulled the trigger, so it's his fault." But um, there's there's going to be some kind of conflict isn't there in the future once it's once it's all died down and everything um county lines eh maybe maybe he'll get involved in that i hope they don't Sam take him could definitely be a drugs meal nobody would think he was he was smuggling anything would he he'd, go, he'd bamboozle you with facts he'd go oh yes officer i am carrying cocaine there's enough cocaine here to kill 500 camels <laughs> and craig would go <laughs> off you go kid <laughs> um I think that's it for this story. Very well done. Apart from, I mean, I suppose that because it's um kind of related to this this story, I'm starting to wonder about where Imran's got to still. Because <laughs> he's still I'll not come right back. back. He's still not come back from his I'll be right back. And it is Halloween time. And as we know, this is the thing that you don't say when it's when it's Halloween, if we've, we've all seen Scream. But Imran literally went off to go and check on Leanne. Or was it, I think somebody or other like that. Like, was it Friday or Wednesday last week? And he's not been seen since. I'm starting to worry about him. And and that bit of the story as well is, um, it's just been dropped, hasn't it? They all, Imran sleeping with Sabine, what's going on with him and Toya. Simon where's mentioned... Where's Elsie? Hmm? Yeah, where's Elsie? She was in it for that episode of the Princess Castle. Has she gone back now? Well, don't you think, right? I don't know. I, we, we haven't been told what the circumstances of Elsie's fostering are. But we got we found out about the baby at Christmas, didn't we? His, yeah. his mum had an operation. Oh, I'll remember. I don't know. Um, and that's why he or she had to be looked after. He, Mason. Mason, sorry, Mason, like Mason, like the bee. Yeah. Um, but we don't know Elsie's backstory. I don't think so. But I just like imagine Tragic, if probably. you know, is it like a parent who's lost custody through? neglect or something like some kind of terrible awful person or is it you know some person who's unable to care for her for some 
reason beyond their control. In which case, can you imagine the social worker, like, oh, can you tell me how Elsie is? Yeah, don't worry. The, the, the house that she's living in hasn't collapsed. Um, so don't worry about that. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, didn't anybody tell you that the whole area has fallen into the into the pits of hell? It's all right. <laughs> this is what we were saying earlier. That, that nobody seems bothered that there's there's a load of sinkholes and that nobody a, any other they? could open. Yeah. Because last Wouldn't week you, you, like, you yeah. couldn't walk a few steps without a sinkhole opening beneath you. And now it's like, well, I'm glad that's over. Like, yeah. seriously, I wouldn't want to go outside. A man died. Well, Jack was saying earlier this week, wasn't he? I'm really scared, Dad. Because Kevin was trying yeah, to ship him like, off to Holiday Club. He was like, get to Holiday Club because me, eight quid. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. Um anyway, so Jack, I, you gotta leave and eat me alone time with with Abby. Yeah. Wink wink. Oh, did I say that out loud? I forgot you just gotta do it in your face. <laughs> um because uh, we've got Abby and Kevin get married soon, haven't we? We'll, we'll get on to that when it's that story. But yeah, no, um it, it, as far as I know, Imran and Toya are still looking after Elsie together. Um and but as soon as Elsie's gone then Imran's out that door. But I, I've got a feeling it might coincide with, with her whenever this wedding's supposed to be for Abby and Kevin that there's going to be a little bit of a revelation that goes on there. Um, so yes. let's let's move on to the Johnny Goner slash not wholly responsible story. And then we got Jenny's reaction. So he she still remember that Johnny's dead, unlike most of the rest of the street. Carla and Jenny and and Ryan are the only ones. A couple of people mentioned it. But they're not that bothered. And I'll tell you the other People thing. People die in Weatherfield all the time. The other thing as well thing. is the way David's reacting. I mean, I kind of think it's funny, but I also think it's completely inappropriate. Oh, I do as well. As well. Let's 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 talk it's about like, it. Now, well, let me talk about okay. it, and then we and we'll we'll see what people's reactions are. Now, on um on Monday when I was making my notes for this, I couldn't I was, couldn't work out whether this was one story or two stories. So I'll, I'm going to talk about Jenny's stuff first, then I'm going to scroll back and talk about the, the David's okay. stuff, and then they're going to join together on Monday. But anyway, Monday morning, Jenny's back. She's got a broken arm. She's got a sling and everything. Carla's got done a little tribute to Johnny outside the factory, a little shrine there uh, outside where Luke's was. Um, Jenny is just full of regrets for leaving Johnny uh, down in the sewers. And um, she's resolved to celebrate his life today. She's going to have a party in the Rovers. She wants everybody to know that her husband died a hero. And she's going to invite the whole street along. But in the end, it's only Kirk and... It was a Kirk and Ryan that turned no, up. No, Ryan sad, really. literally dancing on, the, on the, his grave. Kirk doing the robot on his grave. I don't... And what, what's the music? Were they listening? I we don't couldn't know. hear, could we? Cause... Oh, no, that's right. They were talking about... This is Johnny's favourite song, or this is and my we song. We couldn't hear it. Because we because of the terrible... Uh, everything sad. quality of Monday's curry for us. Anyway, um, Carla's got to go and identify the body. Um, she's, she goes along with Peter for that. I like rubbish. to imagine that it was the Monster Mash. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, journalist goes round to the rovers. Jenny's invited this journalist round to get to the, so she can do a, her obituary and say what an awesome dude Johnny Connor was. Um, I don't think they normally send journalists to write the obituaries. I think you're supposed <laughs> to phone up and say, How many words do you want? But this is the local landlord, and then they say. Um, yeah, that's fine. Dove or crucifix. <laughs> this landlord, he was friend to all, but so so front page news. Never met a woman he wanted to kick out of bed. She's kind of interested in the fact that Johnny was in prison, which Jenny doesn't want her mentioning in no. the article. She says, "Don't mention the prison stuff." And the yeah, the journalist, journalist like, "Prison, eh?" Hmm. The, 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 the obituary hasn't been published by this point, has it? I don't think it comes out later in the week. Or 
Yeah. We assume it's been in the papers and, and it's everyone all been thought fine. it was touching. Yeah, anyway. Uh, then Leo comes in and gets his head bit off a little bit by Jenny because she's not quite ready to go back to him yet. And she tells him about the party, but he doesn't think it's a good idea that he comes anyway. So, um... He Carla, says it sounds awful because I don't even like Monster Mash. Carla and Peter back from the uh, the body viewing and um, she's feeling a bit numb, uh, gets the message, gets his message on her phone, dashes off um, and, and uh, she's straight over to the Rovers. This is a message from Jenny saying, come in, we're having a party. Your dad's dead. Bring your own bottle. <laughs> Carla comes in Walks and she's like, pub. Think, you're being, <laughs> think you're being a bit inappropriate here, Jenny. Well, she walks in. To them listening to the Monster Mash. Assume, while, presumably. While, while Kirk does the robot dance in honour of his sacrifice. And, and Jenny's getting quietly, well, not quietly at all, but she's getting sozzled. And um, Daisy's kind of standing in the corner looking very awkward, thinking, yeah, I, mean, I don't think we should really be doing she's this. She's getting defiantly drunk. Jenny snaps at Daisy, hurrah, saying, oh, you are trying to split me and Johnny up anyway. Not I want to remember my husband without looking at your snidey face. And, uh, and Carla and, and Dirk and Ryan don't really know where to look at this point. So she, she slings Daisy out. She goes straight to Daniel, her one and only other contact on the street, and says, oh, yeah, Jenny's kicked me out. Um, sure, I didn't like Johnny and everything, but I didn't want him dead. And he says, look, you can stay with me as long as you like. So we, we cut back to the Rovers. Carla's there talking to Jenny about... Um, going to see the body and everything earlier on and uh, Jenny says oh I let, I let him down and when he came out of prison I pushed him away and Carla says you did your best um, and also all that support you gave him after Aiden died you're a jolly good wife actually don't don't be so hard on yourself I can't remember how widely known it is that Jenny bonked Ronnie while Johnny was in prison does everybody know this now I've forgotten because I'm kind of yeah. thinking that Jenny probably could have done a little bit of a better job as a wife if she'd have just held out for a little bit longer. Issues all round. Mm. Um, so um, Jenny, we, we see Jenny later coming to an empty bar. She's looking very worse for wear. Oh, and then she hears Johnny doing a bit of an echo, doesn't she? I can't remember. But again, we can hear it very well, so I don't know what he said. But um, she ends up wailing uncontrollably. And then there's a knock at the door and she's like, I said we're closed. But it's Leo again. And he wants to keep Jenny company. And she says, look, I should be, you, you, you should be running a mile here, mister. Uh, so should Rita. She's been trying to phone me up all day. They couldn't get Barbara Knox on set. So we haven't had, got any scenes together this week. Although that would be very suitable and appropriate and... They probably should have really tried hard to get Rita into some scenes this week. Or oh, she says, all I do is hurt people and push them away. And Johnny spent the last few months of his life alone and he laid down his life for me. And um, he, he reveals that the reason that he came round is because Daisy texted her. And then this Him. is what this is what brings about the, uh, the reunion between Jenny and Daisy on Wednesday. So meanwhile, on Monday's episode, we've got the Platts, who are also in a hotel, like Leanne and Nick are. They're trying to tell Gail it's probably not a good idea if she comes back from London right at this very minute. I wouldn't have been surprised if it wasn't exactly the same room set. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it might have been, actually. So they, they go back home uh, later on, and um, Leo's saying, look, you need, you need to check it's all safe and, and stuff before you move in properly. Also, by the way, um, you should have probably got the sinkhole fixed sooner, because... <laughs> this might not have happened so it's kind of your fault so David's like oh 
yeah, maybe we should have done that. Um, we better we better go and see Debbie and get our stories straight about whose fault it is that this sinkhole opened up and swallowed half the street. They um she they they're lucky to find that she is determined to pin this whole thing on Ray because presumably she feels a little bit guilty about this as well because wasn't she involved with him when Ray blasted the the hole underneath the ground or something? Has I, it been widely established that he? Cause this sinkhole. I can't remember. Still... I don't know whether it's just. I think us it's as a still like, oh, look at this! What a coincidence. Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, but um, she she says um, yeah. So you, you can let let's say it's Ray, and you can have free rooms at my hotel as long as you want. And um, burgers. They they'll and burgers. Yeah, exactly. And they all seem very satisfied that Ray's been made into the scapegoat. Although it kind of is his fault, really. He's the one that he started it. it. He actually caused the whole to exist. He had his. Yeah, so, Minion. so David's very happy about this and he's he's feeling pretty chipper by the end of Monday's episode and Sarah's saying, hang on a minute, you do, you do know somebody's died here and David's like, meh, as long as I don't get in trouble for it, who cares? So Wednesday, um, Carla, we, we see, is bursting into tears again, on the edge of bursting into tears and Sarah's trying to support her and also looking very guilty at the same time and she says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry and Carla's like, well, Sorry, it's not like anybody could have prevented this, is it, Sarah? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Sarah loses. At like, one point, no. I'm pretty sure that Sarah tells David if Carla finds out that they could have prevented the sinkhole from killing her father, she would never hear the end of it. As though it would be something like, "Do you remember that time when we went out so and you were sick on my shoes?" <laughs> they go back home, David and Sarah do, and um. David's just like back to normal as if nothing has really happened but Sarah's still feeling mega guilty and can't believe David's attitude so uh, he says look Carla doesn't need to know anything about this it's not going to help anything it's not going to bring her dad back let's just keep quiet about it and as we all know if you try and keep a secret here on Coronation Street nothing can ever go wrong I can't believe that they don't think that there's going to be an investigation of some kind or an inquest I know like it's not like there's never going to nobody's ever going to bring this up again and it'll just be like like, don't talk about it. Mm. There will be an inquest and it will come up. Yeah. Well, um, they, they don't need to do an inquest because um, Weatherfield's top journalist, Daniel Osborne, is on the case. Mm-hmm. Very coincidentally overhearing Sarah beat. telling David that the guy who's given, this, given them this massive quote for fixing the sinkhole has said that they should have had it fixed sooner. So he goes home where Daisy slept on his sofa and she's um, and says, oh, I, need to, I need to tell you something about this sinkhole and about why it collapsed and everything. So um, Daisy goes, hotfoots it to the Rovers later and um, and reveals to Jenny that the plants could have stopped what happened yesterday, or sorry, last week. So, and, and Carla's there as well. She storms into the streets, let rip at the plants, and David's like, yeah, sorry about that, Carla. She's, Carla storms back off again. Jenny's saying, what you did is as good as murder in my book. So they, they get a bit of a, they're telling off from, from Jenny and Carla. Um, back in the pub, Jenny makes up with Daisy. Ronnie comes in, Uncle Ronnie. He's, he's got his condolences and he's like, Sorry, I've not been to see you sooner, but I've been supporting Debbie since the last week. Sean comes in, more condolences. Johnny was a great man, says Sean. Um, and then Sarah comes in. I got a bit bored of that, can you tell? Sarah Lou comes in and says, that I'm, I'm sorry for my family to blame for all this. And Carla says, Yeah, they are actually. Um, Sarah says, well, we're going to use the money that Adam was going to give me to buy it into the factory to pay for the sinkhole to be fixed. It was all going to be okay in the end. And Kara is not impressed by this at all. It's too late. It was a death trap. You can fix it all you like now, but it's not going to bring my dad back. 
Um, and then we end the episode with, with Jenny having a bit more of a cry with Ronnie, basically. She's having a look through the old photo albums out the back and uh, Ronnie says, I'll be a shoulder to cry on whenever you need me. And that's about it for that. So did you enjoy that? Um, Su- suitable um, follow-up from the, from the massive dramatics of last week? Now Natasha's dead, where's the money that she was going to use that she said she would pay for the sinkhole with that then she decided to use to pay for the salon? Where's that going I assume from? it all goes into a trust for, for Sam. Where's Audrey's money that she said she'd use to fix this sinkhole? So they've blown it all in a week in London. Well, I was looking up about sinkholes and they're not normally covered by insurance unless your building gets damaged. Oh, yeah. So only garden. But I was like, but who who, who has to pay for it if someone, like a sinkhole doesn't get fixed and then it swallows the whole street? Who, who, who do you think is to blame or do you kind of think it doesn't really matter who the blame was because it's happened now? They did dilly-dally around for quite a long time, but I'm thinking, well, if they didn't have the money for it, they didn't have the money for it. And Gail is currently the homeowner, isn't she? She bought it earlier this year, so maybe it should have been her that fixed it. It's true that they've not really been that... You know, it's not felt like a matter of urgency, even though it kind of should have been. It's unfortunate that this story has been suspended... Yeah. For a year when it should have obviously been dealt with sooner, but they wanted to use it for a stunt because it makes no sense. As soon as um, Natasha was saying to me, I'm going to fix your sinkhole, I would be like, great, transfer the money to my account. Let's do it now. Mm. I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to leave it so long that she's forgotten she offered. I don't know because I oh, think it's you? I think it's very um, <laughs> unbelievable that... You know, if sometimes if you have a job that needs doing, you just put it off and put it off and put it off, like, you know, trimming a hedge at the back of your garden. Here we go. <laughs> that, that hedge yeah, never fell hedge, on top of anybody yeah. and killed them, thank goodness. It could have done. Could have done. But when we did move into this house, we have got the, the attic fixed within weeks, haven't we? So that was quite good of we us. We haven't fixed the plumbing and we haven't fixed the electric. There's still other things that we need to fix here. But I can completely imagine being in the plat situation and thinking, it's all right, we slung a few boards over the top of it. So you can imagine living in a house which has not got... Well, it's got a front garden, but the kids don't play in that, do they? With small children and a tiny dog who presumably does his business in the garden (laughs) and could fall in at any minute. You think you'd be like, it's one of those things that you just can't get done I'd probably like to think that I would want to get it fixed, but I think it's understandable and believable that um, people might have just put it off and thinking, well, it's not swallowed anyone up yet, so I presume it's well, not I suppose going to. The, so the, you know, the question is, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. It's not going to kill anyone. No. Just leave it. And in the end of the day, only one person did get killed in there. It could have been a lot even, worse. Well, it was a super sober. It could have been a massacre. Wasn't even anywhere near it, was it? And he climbed down it himself. He didn't even fall into it, so it's his own fault, really. So if Jenny's looking for anyone to blame for Johnny's death, well, he didn't need to go down there, that's all I'm saying. She was the one that was wandering around by the edge of a sinkhole anyway, Jenny. What was she doing? She, looking she was for... just having a look, I think. Looking looking for Leah or something, wasn't she? Yeah, it's... <laughs> 
There's a lot of blame to go around. Yeah. Apart from, I, I, I agree with what people, some people are saying online about Carla being a massive hypocrite because um, she was yes. in charge of the factory when this. the roof collapse happened and she she didn't really get that fit. Or she, 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 she paid for Gary to do a bit of a quick job on it, didn't he? she? Because he her. said that you could have paid, you can pay all of this money and have it properly fixed or you can give me you know, a little bit of money and I'll do a little patch up job. And she went for the patch up job and oh, look what happened. Rana is dead. Because Rana's of that. dead, and she doesn't feel a jot of guilt about it whatsoever. So uh, the the question is: Is somebody going well, to did. bring this up to her? She, well, she did. did. She had fit. a she had a hallucination. <laughs> she had a, she had a special issues based week where she thought she was seeing Haley. She uh, she certainly paid for it. She but thought... from that perspective, though, then she's right. She's perfectly right here because um, David and Sarah are acting like there was a turd in the punch bowl at a party and they're hoping that nobody finds out no, it was Lily. David is. Sarah, Sarah Sarah's has got like, the conscience. No, Sarah definitely said at one point, God, if I, if Carla finds out, I'll never hear the end of it. Like, like she's going to be nagged at. <laughs> I think that David came across worse. I, David, I don't think it was honestly, a good look for David this week. It was, was far like... too flippant. It was played for laughs and it, and it, it wasn't, it didn't suit the occasion of the story which no, is a very is. serious storyline and it Donnie, kind of is in David's character to react to act like this but yeah like you said maybe not not, not to, to this story like, where so it's laid bit... back he's horizontal about it like literally oh as long as nobody finds out and like he kind of acted like it was funny I just saw it Jack mm. Shepard doesn't um make many missteps but I didn't I think that was and, and, and whether it was him or the script writers or the or direction director, or I what, don't know it just really felt he, inappropriately blasé yeah and you know we love David but I, the thing I was is watching about him this it, week going, mm. is it made David look a bit thick yeah and like it, he's a conniving Machiavellian character who would immediately be thinking of what angle can I take here how can I defend myself against this obviously people didn't come after me what can I say how can I get out of it a man died, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, oh who cares? Yeah, I, d- I didn't like him this week. Shame. Um, I was also a little bit worried about Shona as well, because after last week where I thought that Shona is back to her normal pre-shot-in-a-box self, she, she said some line this week about, um, oh, I'm not supposed to mention that, or, or I'm not... I thought it was funny. I, and uh, yeah, that's because you like shot in a box, showing her a bit more, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Is, is it uncomfortable doing a I'm podcast really in a bed? We're just moving and creaking about all over the place, but um, we still still haven't got an actual chair to do our podcast in in this new house. Um, Jenny was quite good this week. I was wondering, like, how was she more upset? How much was it grief, like true hundred percent grief, and how much was she being regretful about leaving him and blaming herself? Because I think if um if I'd led someone to their untimely doom, which she kind of did, um, I'd just be feeling really guilty about it. I'd feel very guilty. And also, let's not forget, which I think she might have done, that her son died drowning and now yeah. her husband is drowned. Yeah, yeah. Two, two and... um, close relatives of Jenny led to their watery doom. And I can't remember who said it was a horrible way to go or something. But um, it's I don't think you quite need traumatic to imagine the final moments, and it would wouldn't it bring it all back too? Yeah, well, she she did look pretty upset when it happened, but Tom hasn't had a mention yet. <laughs> Can Tom not get a shout out, please? Yeah, 
And uh, like I said on the Facebook group earlier this week, if that tram had been going a bit faster, Alan Bradley could have been knocked right into the water, couldn't he? Could have been. If the tide had been, been in. been three for three. He was right next Watch to the Watch out, Daisy. The Don't go paddling. Um, but no, I also think that Jenny's probably feeling a little bit guilty about splitting up with him. Of course. And Because surely she must be thinking, if I, if I hadn't bonked Uncle Ronnie, none of this would have happened. And I and I still haven't been able to properly forgive Jenny for, um, for her moment of indiscretion with with Uncle Ronnie earlier this year. And and I, and I was I was kind of thinking, yeah, if they'd have stayed together, well, why would? Oh, she wouldn't have been looking for Leo, would she? Wouldn't have been looking for Leo, and could have would have should as Michael. Yeah, and and also Johnny like... might because Johnny had kind of given up on life by last Friday, hadn't he? And maybe if he thought he, you know, if he'd been in the middle of a happy fulfilling relationship with Jenny he would have wanted to cling on to that ladder a little bit more maybe he did seem to accept the cool embrace of death quite gratefully yeah yeah he did he did um but... I couldn't have been asked to go through that tunnel <laughs> but I thought I thought it was all right what did you think about um her doing that party for for Johnny um Suitable or a bit bit too soon? She was punishing herself a bit, wasn't she? And it was um, obviously not a good idea because she was drunk when she decided to do it, wasn't mm. she? Yeah, yeah, she was. And um, it wasn't a very well organised... It was basically just an excuse for her to try and drown her sorrows and, and drink to forget, wasn't it? But the fact that she only had two guests, uh, well, three, if you could Daisy, and one of them was Kirk... It fa- was a bit ludicrous, honestly. You know, she, and she was saying, oh, well, let's put on a quiz. He likes his Monday night quizzes, but... Yeah. That was kind of funny. I thought that was a funny line. It was, it was sad that there was nobody else there. And it was, it was one of these times as well where I think that Coronation Street's um, insistence not to give characters friends um, reared its ugly head again. And, and there, there, was, there wasn't anybody really for Jenny to... To have a proper heart to heart with. I know there was Leo, but I don't really. I'm not interested in Leo because I'm God, assuming Leo, he's not staying around for much longer. What a chance this man is! This woman's husband drowned trying to save her life from a sinkhole that you're supposed to be in charge of fixing, and you come round for what a date? Mm. What are you doing? Give <laughs> us some space, man. <laughs> well, she's she's uh, fighting him off, didn't she? She had Leo and Ronnie come to give her a. Uh, a little visit this week. I know. But no Rita. Pay the Merry Widow. They really should have had Rita, shouldn't they? Or, or Sally, maybe. Have Sally come round. I, I don't know. It just felt like it needed something. And one of the things that I'm like, you know, I love Jenny, but the characters that she is being surrounded with at the moment aren't on the favourite characters list. And it's making me harder to get excited and interested in Jenny's stories because I know that it's going to involve Daisy, Leo and Ronnie. I want, I want to have a I don't know I'd, I'd like to see her mingle a little bit more and as the as the landlady she should be she should be full of connections but I know, she's not she's, she's also a legacy character yeah it just feels like that they've kind of shoved her into the rovers the the place that nobody ever really goes to anymore and she's just stuck there with Daisy it's really unfortunate um timing wise with covid isn't mm. it yeah. Because the Rovers is a joke now. Yeah, it really Nobody is. goes in there. It used to be silly how often everybody went and drank. And I remember complaining about it and saying it wasn't really very good. But yeah. it's very, you know, for lots of people it is perfectly normal. But 
we do need to actually think about how healthy and sustainable <laughs> it is to go drinking every day. Um, it was the heart of the community, it wasn't was. it? And, and now it's not And it just feels not. like she barely, as a landlady, got the chance to revel in that no. very central role on the show. Well, I hope that they still keep her there for a it's long time. It's weird to wanna... have a sh- Coronation Street where the landlady is so isolated, you're right. Mm. She, she is. She's, she's just not got the connections. Um, and But although... I was very happy for her to lose one of her few connections, even if only very briefly earlier this week when she slung Daisy out, because I, I completely agree with Jenny that if maybe if Jen, if Daisy hadn't meddled quite so much a year ago when she first came in, she's trying to get her to dump Johnny, again, maybe she wouldn't have gone to to find solace in the in the strong tree trunk like arms of Uncle Ronnie, and she'd have still been there for Johnny when he came out. And it, it Maybe Look, it's just because I don't really like Daisy, but I'll happily give her a little bit of the have blame you for Johnny's that you just death. Don't like her now? I don't. She she's not as one dimensional as she was. That's absolutely true because the first six months it felt like every other line from her was yeah, but you need to leave Daisy, uh, Johnny. He's a loser, and she's not quite like that anymore. But I I just haven't been able to warm to her at all. I'm really annoyed that there was never any further motivation for Daisy's hatred of Johnny other than I don't literally like him. Yeah. Which is fine in real life. That's how people work. But in fiction... There's got to be a secret... Especially in soaps, yeah. Yeah. And she said this week, oh, it's true that I didn't didn't like him, but I didn't wish him dead or anything, but... You'd also think that Daisy would be traumatised because she was traumatised by blooming... She has no feeling. She's like me. No, but that baby... She wouldn't cry at that Which baby was it that swallowed a magnet? Uh, Bertie. And she got (laughs) traumatised by that, didn't she? And she started talking about doing a first aid course because her little brother died in a pool. Yeah. You'd think she would, you know, be freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, how likely is it that you know two people who drowned? That would really haunt me. (laughs) I know, I know. Especially considering it's like both of these situations, they weren't anywhere near a river or the sea. They just drowned (laughs) near their house. Two prime drowning spots. Well, you think if you're going to drown, you think you'd fall into a large body of water, wouldn't you? Not like down a hole or in a paddling pool. Yeah. You never know. It would make you feel... Make you feel really anxious. <laughs> You're oh, horrible, man. I, I don't. I just. I just don't know what it is about Daisy. I just can't. I can't get behind her as a character, and I wish she'd go away. <laughs> How mean! <laughs> right, stew in a bag, Gemma. The well-known dip Back dish. over to you. <laughs> this is what Kevin's been eating while while uh, Abby's been Abby. away in prison. Abby. On Wednesday, Asher feels guilty for not checking in on Asher or Ardy, apparently. Stop reading my notes. I don't know what it means. <laughs> She's not been... Nina's feeling guilty oh, Nina. on Wednesday. I've read Asher, but I didn't mean Asher. Right. Nina feels guilty for not checking on Asher and Ardy, and I should have known that you didn't actually you mean the Asher. Episodes just like I did. Did I? Yeah. That's a line, you know. <laughs> um, not checking on Ardy or Asher since the crash last week. Uh, what if she doesn't want to see her? And Roy's like, I think she will. Then we get Stu coming back. And he was in it very briefly last week, being rained on. And then he was in it before when he was getting food from Speed Dial. That was bizarre. Do you think that last week's scene with him being rained on in the ginnel with his bag, did that add anything to this week? Or could they have just literally not shown him at all? Because I'm thinking like... 
it was odd because what was the point of having him in that scene even because Abby was looking for her note and they unfortunately unintentionally insinuated that he had something to do with the note being I think it just confused a lot of viewers last week because they zoomed in on this homeless guy, this random man who people wouldn't, you know, they could certainly forgive them for, for forgetting that he was the guy that took all Zidane's extra curry a few weeks ago. Yeah, it, it was odd. It was, it, was a, also, it was a little teaser for this week without feeling like you were being teased. You were just being confused. Yeah, and the other thing as well that they had to make clear that they hadn't done before now, which would have been helpful to have known, is that those bags are only for the players yeah i know i thought that it's like how on earth is asha recognized this bag when she sees it but they eventually do um reveal that only people who play for weatherfield county can get one of these bags say what if i worked on weatherfield market i'll be making knockoffs of those I know. <laughs> it's like literally a black bag with wc take it down up a toilet door what, stick it on and there you go <laughs> it's not very very difficult to replicate is it and the other thing i hope that Stu didn't use that as a wc because he probably destroyed the evidence <laughs> It was inside that Nina and Asher were desperate to get their hands on. <laughs> the other thing was that bag could not have looked more pristine. I know. When we when you see um him later Stu going through it, it just looks absolutely doesn't even look like it's been used to go to practice. What's it let called? alone What's it called when you get a bit of furniture and you make it look distressed. a bit distressed. Yeah, they could have distressed the bag. But and like I said before, Made them, I mean get, now, getting the bag's mum and killed it or something. <laughs> take it to what? see his baggy mum in the casket oh dear um, I guess it makes sense now why why Stu fished it out of the river because it's like oh exclusive only the players can have this but you would think it would look like it had been in a river you know floating along and also like the fact that he's like Oh, at the end of the week, he's got the bag of bloody clothes. He's like, oh, yeah, I kept this in a plastic bag because you never know. <laughs> when a bag of bloody clothes might come in. Well, he said he was going to clean it, but, like, how... Come on. I've taken the bag to get dry cleaned, but not the clothes. No. You can't... Every... Oh, come on, man. You know you're not going to get he's, that He's not out. as poor as he makes out. Anyway, he's got a mobile phone, hasn't he, Stu? He showed a Corey a picture. A lot of people have phones. You'd be surprised. Mm, okay. Um... He comes into the shop anyway, doesn't he? He, he comes into the shop and Asha accuses him of nicking something. Then she sees this bag and, he's, and wants to know where he got it from. And he, um, in the river, I don't know whether he says that and runs off, or she says it and he runs off. But he follows her, she follows him, and he <laughs> escapes on a bus. Um, I also like the fact that this bus driver is obviously waiting at the bus stop for people to get on. And then he sees a homeless man, well, or a, a, a rough-looking guy. Not that this actor looks very rough. He looks pretty healthy and clean <laughs> and well taken care of. Sees this ma- sees a young girl. Like, how often do you ever see a, a grown man running from a teenage girl or two of them? He sees this, this, this happening. The man jumps onto the bus, pays him, and then he sees the girls running, and just like a bus driver, his instinct kicks in immediately. He's like, someone's running for the bus. Right, better go. <laughs> Close the doors, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, the bus driver is obviously a robot that, that's been programmed to leave at a certain time, the station, uh, the stop, and it will never, never stop for anybody. They have an excellent transport system in Manchester, haven't they? 
He's like, I've got to go when it when the time's there. Otherwise, the trams are going to steal my job. (laughs) Anyway, Nina and Asha are talking about it later, and they say what I said earlier about the bags are only for players. It must be Corey's bag. He's a right player, isn't he, that Corey? (laughs) What has he said has happened to this bag? Um, is that why he's been transferred to Germany? What? Like, you haven't got your bag, have you? No, I've lost it. I well, can't remember what he said he's actually done with the bag. You, you, I'm afraid that only players with these bags can play for oh, no, I think, he, I, think he, I thought he said he did put it in the canal. He, like, panicked and threw it in the canal. Didn't they, didn't they have CCTV footage of him taking it down uh, there? And they've been dredging the canal, haven't they? But they haven't had to find it because Stu dredged it first. I just find it I think very that's odd what that somebody would fish. A... Why would you take a bag full of bloody clothes out of a canal and go, whoop, yep. You need a bag. If you need Absolutely a bag, you need a pristine. bag. Also, everybody knows this bag is missing and the police have been looking for it. And this guy's been walking around with it on his back. Yeah. Nobody's gone, how did you get that exclusive Weatherfield County players bag that only players for Weatherfield County are allowed to have? Well, you know, homeless people, people don't like to look at them, do they? Well, they, there you they go. Turn, they turn away there so that they don't have to feel guilty. For all of us there, isn't there? Yeah. Next time you see a homeless person, look them in the eye because they could be holding evidence for a murder. Look them in the eye because they could have exclusive Weatherfield County contact lenses in. Could do. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so... Uh, Asher and Nina go to the police station to make statements. Um, it doesn't seem to have done anything. But Asher's... Because Craig's there dealing with it, so of course it no, doesn't I do anything. <laughs> um, uh, Asher's determined not to give up and shows Billy a picture of Stu on her phone and says, do you know this guy? Yes, I do. Is he in some sort of trouble? Asher says, um, I think that I shortchanged him in the shop and I feel really bad because he's homeless. And Billy says, oh, that's so sweet. Why don't you come to the soup kitchen later? So Nina's like, don't you think we should let the police take charge? But Asha doesn't care. Um, she's very excited about getting justice and getting Corey in trouble. So, so far, I don't, I don't think the Coronation Street writers know what an archdeacon does, but it involves soup kitchens and that's about it. That's what he did before. Soup kitchens and community service. Well, that... well, what do we know about it? I don't, but... Well, it could very well be the case then. Oh, maybe, all right. <sighs> Stu turns up and sits around the corner listening to Asher and Nina Canal talking purification. about coming to see it. Maybe he blessed the water and that's why it's so clean. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so not only did uh, Stu get a bag, but he also got baptised. Mm. Nice. Um, he hears Asher and Nina talking about coming to see him and why. So then he goes and finds Corey because uh, everyone knows where Corey is because he's a celeb. And he tries to blackmail him and says... Um, well, no, he said, doesn't he say he followed him home from his trainer? It's a good job he didn't, like, go in the car. Or... Yeah, that's a point. <laughs> he probably went by bus. Yeah. Anyway, he, anyway, gets, he, gets, he goes I'll up to Brent back, Towers. I'll give you back my bag, your bag, but I want money. He sings a little song on his guitar, doesn't he? He does yes, a little strum. Like, okay. The blackmailing song. Oh, I see. This guy's a proper actor, is he? He's going to do proper acting. <laughs> I liked him. I really I think liked him. he's quite him. cool. 
Yeah, but I, I can't look at him without thinking he reminds me of Dennis Tanner when he was homeless. He, he's got the look, hasn't he? He's got the cheeky sparkle in the eye and the, and the scruffy, um, stubbly face. He is, he's I like Dennis. I said this to you on Friday. The last time two lesbians went to a soup kitchen to retrieve a, a white-haired old man, we got Dennis Tanner out of it. Mm. So who's Stu going to end up? Yeah, who is he going to be? The long-lost whatever of... <sighs> Maybe he is Dennis Tanner. Maybe he is actually... He's not actually dead. Um, David Barlow, who actually didn't die in a car crash, but got amnesia and lived in a river. He could, but the actor who plays David Barlow is still alive, so he's probably feeling a bit naffed off that they got somebody else to do it. Although I can't remember what his name is, um, but the guy that plays Stu is apparently a famous character actor and he does lots of things. I I got the impression from his very confident performance that he (laughs) had done this before. Yeah. I followed him on Twitter. He's today. not just a noob. <laughs> he is not a noob, is he? He can do he can do songs and acting at the same time. <laughs> That's very advanced. Yeah, I hope he's he's not going to stay on the show, is he? What's but I'm he enjoying do? him. Well. I don't know. He's going to use the money that he he got uh, well, maybe from the bag. He'll probably to... just woo Rita, won't he, and marry her, like just like Dennis did. Move into the sinkhole. You're like, oh yeah, I saw you down at the Orinoco Club back in the seventies. Oh, I remember you were right, girl. And she was like, oh. <laughs> Do you like me to sing? No, it's fine. Now I remember. You don't need to do it anymore. Um, Friday. Right, Friday. Sean says he can help with the stew finding. I used to be homeless, don't you know? Do you remember that storyline, everybody? Where's my awards? He seems to think he's an expert on being homeless, even though he literally was homeless, homeless for like... For fortnight. Yeah, and it was because he was too proud. <laughs> okay. Um, Stu meets up with Corey on the street somewhere and says, um, I want £500. And Corey's like, I don't even care about money. I'll give you the money. Um, so they agree. Uh, but he doesn't have it on him. He, he didn't like the idea of his £500 because he originally agreed £100, didn't he? Yeah, but Corey doesn't care about money. He's going to be rich. Well, not when really it comes rich. to his freedom. He'll pay anything exactly. to get off. Asher thinks Nina's being pessimistic and too down in the dumps. And whenever she says something negative... She's going to make her sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I think that we should try that on the podcast. And if we criticise something that Coronation Street's done, to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, it'd be a bit of a longer episode, wouldn't it? I think being negative is fine. Good. As you might have gathered from the previous 400 plus episodes. (laughs) Sean's homeless mate, Dudley, comes into the cafe. And when I saw him, I was like, blimey, looks like Jamie Baldwin's been put through the (laughs) ringer. Did anyone else get a vibe of Jamie Baldwin off this guy, or was it just me? I want to know whether all the homeless people of Coronation Street look a little bit like old characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes into the cafe, says, I don't remember, I don't recognise you by the by the picture, but there are a load of people by the river, which is where all the stuff floats by, and that's how we make our living, plucking oh. things out of the river and selling them to stupid people in houses interesting how they had to create the character of Dudley when it could really have just been Sean who knew Stu or and just said cut out the middle or literally then. had just said yeah when I was homeless I used to stay by the river why don't you go and look there yeah or Nina and, and Asha say to each other there's a bunch of homeless people by the river why don't we go and look <laughs> or said to Billy yeah do you know where the homeless people hang out when they're not eating soup by the river yeah uh, there was lots of things. I don't. Yeah, did, get Dudley Anthony Cotton's episode count up for the year. Dudley was a bit superfluous. I've earned that six-figure wages. Is that what it is? Is it? Well, probably. Dudley, they're all on it, aren't they? Oh, they're all super rich. 
Yeah. Dudley takes um, Nina and Asher to the homeless, you've written homeless tent place. <laughs> I don't know, what's it called? Encampment. The river encampment. River dredging facility. Stu's tent is there, but he is not. And then, I thought this was really out of character, Nina decides that she can just open his tent and look around. Now, I would have thought that of the two of them, Asher would have been the one who would have gone, I'll just look inside here. And Nina would have been like, you know, just because he's homeless doesn't mean that you can just go looking through his stuff. I thought that, I don't think that she, I thought it was very entitled of her mm. to think that she could just, just because he's homeless, he has no privacy. It's. I think it's more important for Nina than Asher that Seb gets his justice. Not that it's not important for Asher as well. It's but important it's, that Ni- Nina Asher is... gets in Nina's pants, so she... You know. Oh, nearly by the end of the episode. Dudley kicks them out and sends them on their way. Um, but then they see him on the way back. So Stu, yeah. It's, it's quite handy that Dudley kicked them out there. Uh, Nina and Asher catch up with Stu and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What bag? I don't know. Um, Nina stands firm and tells Stu about the night of the attack and how awful Corey was. And the fact that he got away with it because he thought that he was um, allowed to do it once. And he, um, she like appeals to him. Uh, suggesting that they have something in common because he, she is sure that he has been laughed at and treated like a subhuman uh, because of being homeless when she literally just went through his stuff <laughs> and called him a hoarder and said she didn't think homeless people could be hoarders. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think I've seen homeless people who have collected a great deal of things. If you're homeless and you have to take what you can when you can, you're going to save things, aren't you? That might be useful. Yeah, but you've got to be able to carry he... it on a knapsack on a pole. <laughs> one of the things she accused him of hoarding was cereal. What do you think he's going to eat for breakfast? <laughs> gonna eat... He can only eat what he catches out the river. <laughs> yeah. Or sashimi again. <laughs> duck. Mm, no, I like duck. A bit of goose. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so he says, I'm not going to help you. I can't. So, Corey meets up with Stu again. She's Stu's not scared of him in the slightest. Corey's just being foul, throws the money on the floor. Stu has to pick it up. He takes the money and says, the bag's in the bin. So Corey, he walks off and Corey goes to the bin, gets it out and realises that the clothes aren't in there, which is what Nina and Asha explain they needed. So Stu goes to the corner shop and gives them Corey's clothes, which he's fished out of the bag and there's loads of blood all over it. And he said he was going to sell... Sell, clean the clothes and sell them later, but he never got round to it. And he also says that he they he sold Corey the bag, and then he says, "I hope that you nail him and leaves." This this clothes that he's um, it was May, wasn't it, when this happened? So has he had the, has he had this clothes in a bag since May, and he's just not bothered getting round to selling them? Since. Wet bloody clothes, but they stink. I assume that they've probably dried since then. Um. <sighs> I know, but I bet they still smell. Anyway, um, they realise that the fact that Corey wanted to buy this bag means that they he knows that there's that the evidence is there and it kind of proves that he's guilty and knows the evidence is there to get rid of that he bought this bag. That's what they think. Mm. Um, Corey gets home, tells Stefan he's got the bag, but the clothes weren't in there. Um... And Stefan's like, oh, the clothes you said you get rid of. And Corey's like, oh, trying to try and talk to him, um, confessing. And 
about the blood and everything. And Stefan's like, don't even talk to me. It's it's dawns on Stefan at this point, doesn't it? Well, he says, how much blood is on on this? And Corey's like, well, more than I can really explain away. And he's like, oh, God. Um, He doesn't want to hear it. He stops him, doesn't he? He doesn't want to hear his son confessing what an evil murderer he is. He gets in the car. They need to find the clothes before the police do, but too late because Nina and Asher are at the police station. Um, and the police are like, well, he did say that he was there when the attack happened. So I don't know if this is enough evidence, but the forensic team's going to have a look at them. Um, they get told, do not tell anybody. Keep it a secret forever and ever and ever, especially don't tell Abby. Because if Corey finds out that we've got the clothes, he'll be on the defensive. I, I was, I'm stunned that by the end of this episode they hadn't been and told anybody or they hadn't been overheard speaking about it by anybody. What, the mean, the way that Stefan and, and Corey were talking loudly in their front garden about the fact that they've got bloody clothes. That's right, their next door neighbour probably lives like half a mile down the road. Hmm. Nina and Asher go and sit in Victoria Gardens um, and then, this is when Nina says, um, I forgot how much I enjoyed being with you. I want Seb wants me to be happy again, and I think I could be happy with you. And they have a little holdy handsy moment where they decide that they want kiss. to be girlfriends again. Yeah, I was short change there. No snogging. <laughs> Don't start with that perverted <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Why is it perverted nonsense? Because we people fetishizing lesbians. Is... Oh, I know, I didn't really know. Um, yeah, apparently they're they're back together again. Um, I think some people are a bit mad about this. I'm not thrilled. I'm not. I'm not. I thought it was sweet way. and and um and poignant and and romantic in a sense that they had such a brief love affair. Um, yeah. And it was kind of endearing uh, that it was so short. Um, because I just feel as though it's going to be either annoying, pandering nonsense, which is what I consider Kate and Rana thing to have been. Or it's going to be another case of they never really talk to each other unless they're having an argument. They they, they seem like a fine couple to me. They, it doesn't particularly ha- bother me. I'm... And I kind of thought that it was bound to happen anyway. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of mature of them to have sort of decided that that it wasn't right. It could have, it could have gone either way, but I'm not particularly fussed about it. <laughs> but I know I know some people are and the fact that it's ended and you know the serious story with the hate crime and everything has got a lovely happy romantic ending maybe isn't the best best way for it to go but as long as well, it doesn't take over too much I'm more interested in seeing Corey facing justice and I'm very interested to find out what he and Stefan are going to do next because like I'm, I'm wondering whether um you know is, is, is Stu in trouble now is he going to get hunted down by the Brents or run over by them or or something? Because well, he's murdering homeless people isn't that the pursuit of the rich in this country? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Do you think that Stu's um, going to regret trying to double cross Corey? He's probably going to have him find himself raked across the coals. I'm sure. I, it's, I mean, Stefan's going to get his, could get his checkbook out and pay him, you know, thousands, couldn't he? To to Firstly, to give the clothes back, well, he and then can't. he'll say he, I haven't, I can't give them back, but I know who's got them, and yeah, I don't know. He, he could, uh, they could go chase him, but at the end of the day, the police have got the evidence now, haven't they? So there's it's only pointless. There's nothing they can do. The only, the only hope that they've got is to leave the country. Mm. 
Really? Are we going to have a... Well, I, I wonder, are we going to have a, a, a Monday night chase? <gasps> In the darkness. I, I know some people... I hope that it ends soon. It feels like it's it's reached, uh, you know, a point where well, Corey just needs to be caught now. You're going to get your wish, I think, that he's going to go to prison. Yeah. Rather than be killed. Yeah, if he was going to get killed, it would have happened last week. Well, it should have happened. It's such a surprise that both Corey and Harvey came out of last week's unscathed, or yeah. physically unscathed, apart from, you know, the odd bit of rubble on the head. Yeah. Um, now, I know some people were talking about chain of um, you know, evidence and, what's it called, chain, chain of custody and, um, and you know... D- is it going to be admit admissible if you don't know who was handling it and where it's been? I I guess I kind of agree, but at the same time, there really are there aren't very many good explanations for why um, clothes that Corey was seen throwing into the river on CCTV turn up his clothes with his name in them because they made sure to say that that mm. you know it had his name tag in it. Um, and blood from the vict- from the person who's now dead. Yeah, and a whole lot of blood There as never well, would have been a, a chance bit. at any point for anybody to have staged this or set this up because they would have had to have known that Seb was going to be killed Yeah. and taken blood off of him and put it on these clothes to stitch Corey up. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't see how, unless they throw the whole thing out, it's going to be easy for Corey to get out of or explain away this. I hope not. I mean, I mean, I'm sure the scriptwriters could find a way, but like I said, it, sure feel, it feels to me like it's Corey's the defense end. team no. would find a way of saying, but logically, logically speaking, there is no explanation for why because Corey admits that he was there. Mm. So that ties him to the scene of the crime by his own admission, yeah, his clothes with the victim's blood, who is now dead and was not at any point unattended for somebody to let blood from him to stitch Corey up, you know, I can't see how you can logically explain how this has happened. No. Well, Sabine is very, very good. I hope she's going to be in it next week. And I hope we're going to have a bit of a bit of our Kelly next week as well. No, no. Right. Um. Anyway, th- let's move on. Let's do the the Abby story because uh, not a whole lot happened here. It's mostly about How finding out where this gun is. Kelly now. Kelly, she's what seventeen. So yeah. if she gets, if Corey gets um let up, let uh gets found out. Yeah. She will be let out, won't she? I think because so. she was only I don't know convicted because. Corey lied and said that she did it. But if he actually did it, it wouldn't... Hmm. Look, we're going to have Kelly having a, Chris, a <laughs> Christmas Kelly... dinner with the, the, the Habibs, Bats Beebs, by the end of the Are year. Are they we going to keep Elsie as well? No, she's going. She's going. I think it was only supposed to be temporary with Elsie. Right, Abby, get your gun. So Abby and Kevin and Jack are back home on Monday after the shenanigans of last week. And um, this is when he Jack hears from Liam... Um, over the texts about Natasha getting shot and Abby's looking a bit worried about this. She's like, oh, shot, eh? I had a gun last week. Oh, that's not related. Um, And Abby and Kevin here from Shona. It was Harvey what shot um, Natasha and Harvey's back in jail now. And Kevin realises that it must have been Harvey who whacked him when he came to 
pick up Deva at the at the car crash thing. But where did he get the gun from? And Abby finds Roy having a bit of a thing in the garden at the end of the episode, and she just wants him to put all this behind him. It's not his fault, um, and, and that doesn't really go anywhere. Why would it be Roy's fault? Oh, because he said. She oh, just yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and and then the storyline kind of just disappears off for a little bit before wandering back onto our screens on Friday, where uh, Abby's handing out wedding invites. Because remember, was a everybody, bit weddings happening soon. One minute, this woman's uh, worried because she's basically responsible for. She kind of is responsible for Natasha being shot. Kind because of because she's the one who brought the gun. Yeah. And and then she's like, I'll take a day out and then I'll do my wedding invites. <laughs> well, if you've got your wedding coming up soon, then that stops for nothing, does it? Oh, wow. So anyway, That's Tez comes a knocking for Abby later at number 13 and he wants his gun back. And she says, hang on a minute. You didn't say you wanted that back before. Sorry, I've chucked it in the canal. I'd be, I'd be, if I was her, I'd say, I gave you money for that. It's mine. I can do what I like with it. It wouldn't a lend. No, no takesy backsies, actually. Nope. And if I want to chuck it in the canal, I'll chuck then it I where will. I like. Thank you very much. But it's a woman's prerogative. It's not actually chucked in the canal, is it? No, she, she lost it. Because the, the gun is in police custody. It must be at the moment because Harvey definitely had it when he was sitting in the car with Leanne last week, wasn't Unless he? And she it drove into the skip. Out that he hid it somewhere, and the goons got it. No, I don't, I don't know. He, As much as we know that Harvey likes to hide things in cavities, I think that that gun was out and about for the police to just nab and stick in a plastic bag when they pulled him out of the car the other day. Um, so that, anyway, um, ha, ha, Tez suggests as well that um, somebody was shot the other day, weren't they? Maybe maybe it was my gun what shot him. And, and that, Abby says, nah, he'd have brought his own gun. It's BYOB. BYOG. BYOG, sorry. <laughs> BYOG to give you going to shoot somebody. It's rude to and... use someone else's gun to shoot somebody. It's not the damn thing. Yeah, but um, no. But these criminals, they have no manners. Anyway, the, the main takeaway from the, this episode was that Jack was the one with the note, which I'd kind of forgotten about. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> and we should have been looking for clues this week, but I wasn't. I know. But anyway, we, we, we were thinking last week, was it Jack or was it Debbie who picked up the note? And then it turned out it was Jack and I'm sure I said last week on the podcast, I hope it's not Jack, I'd much rather it was Debbie that knew because of her her history of um antagonism with, with uh, Abby and everything. But no, it's it's Jack. He's got the he's got the note in his in his coat pocket. And we didn't still didn't get to see what this note says because he was flicking it around too much. I really kind of wanted to have the camera panning over and sort of sorry, pausing over the, the note, but um this was the note that said, Sorry, I'm gonna go and kill Abby. So uh, Corey, sorry. So um Jack knows. Um. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this means. Like, is he just going to be wary of her? Is he going to show it to Kevin? Is he going to leave it lying around? Is he going to read it out to everybody on the day of the wedding? I don't know. Is he just thinking, I don't know. I'm not really interested where the note is. I think I, I don't care about Kevin and Abby's relationship. Yeah, do you think they are actually going to get married? Because this whole thing with Imran's still got to come out, hasn't it? That's the only reason that it's um, possibly not going to. No, that they're, they're probably talking about it now because it's plot, you know, dangle. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I think I think at the end of the day, if they don't get married, that's probably for the best. Yeah, I agree. For the characters. I, I I liked the idea of them together at the start, I... and though I'm not completely against it, I'm not. I'm not really really what feeling it. What the hell it. does she see in him? I don't know. I know what he sees in her. Yeah. But no, I don't I don't I don't get it, but fair. 
Anyway. Anyway. Abby, people are mad at Abby, aren't they? People are really mad at Abby. And <laughs> I think I think because I... I like Abby so much. Yeah. So some people really hate Abby. Yeah, I know. I didn't really even think about it. I couldn't believe um, that anybody could hate Abby, but it's true. I've seen people writing about it. I, I, yeah, I had no thought about how somebody might interpret what Abby did any differently to the way I did. But obviously there are people who um, think Abby's just a massive Tim. Yeah, because she brought a gun onto the street that went and killed somebody. I kind of well, get it. You know, if Tim did it, I'd be mad. I will say that. Yeah, I, I give Abby a lot of leeway. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what I said before. Um, you judge other people by their actions and yourself by the in- their in- your intentions. And the same thing is true of characters, you know, mm. on on soaps that you want to... You know, gonna, judge. Yeah. She, she didn't intend for somebody to get shot. Well, she did. She intended for happened. Corey to get well, shot. Right, then. <laughs> she was going to blow his brains out. Yeah, she did say that, didn't she? <laughs> uh, she's so... She's, She's such a firebrand. I'm very forgiving for about Abby. I'm sorry, everybody who hates Abby because of this. But... That's fine. It's it's fine. Um, it's just interesting. And this is why I like doing the show because um, I genuinely never thought that Abby was anything but a blameless angel. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be on drugs. Right, Mardi Ardy. So on Monday, Ardy's up and about. He's brooding. He wanted Asha help him up the stairs. He doesn't want uh, Dev to change his dressing. He doesn't want people to fuss. Especially Dev. Um, Summer is with Ardy, who is telling her about how Dev abandoned him. Um, and then Dev comes in and he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you, all that business. Uh, let's let's move beyond it because I've decided to give you an official position of assistant manager for my whole business empire. And here's the paperwork. And uh, he's all like pleased with himself. And Ardy says, oh, I think about it. And Summer's like, oh, that's nice, isn't it? isn't that nice, Ardy? And Ardy's like, yeah, it would be nice, except my dad left me to die in a ditch. So, not happy with him. Later on, Ardy says, I I will take the job. And Dev is thrilled. And Ardy is, like, acting really shifty. Is he going to try and pull down, take down Dev's business empire from the inside? It's probably not I the best so. idea because you know he's going to get a bit of he stands to get a bit of inheritance from the uh, the Alahan Industries at some point, but um, it's probably going. He's probably not thinking that not, far not ahead smart. and more about the immediate satisfaction of um, revenge. Yeah, being the next Mad Mayor. Yeah, a bit bit of a silly. I mean, it's definitely. I think that's where it's going. Very soapy. Very silly. Um, Potential I to be quite it's fun. Sad it is kind of fun, but I, I just, I love the fun. Me too. Easygoing. Ardy and Dev goofy were Ardy. absolutely blimmin' amazing. And, and and the fact that we could be losing him for the storyline is a bit sad to me, really. One thing that I thought was a bit weird was how flippant Asher was being with with um Ardy and making fun of him and everything. But he's obviously not said anything to either of them about. Well, has he? About what? Why did you leave me to die? No, it doesn't seem like he's like you should at least bring it up. Yeah, you can't just be mad about Talk it without saying anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, you would. It doesn't make sense that he hasn't brought this up. But equally, I don't think that Dev's really sat down, sat him down, and properly tried to talk to him about it. He's just kind of throwing gifts at him, isn't he? Yeah. Saying, "I can, I can see that you're mad at me, but rather than talking about it, just look here, have half, half of a business empire, and that's going to yeah. make you happy, isn't it?" It's also a bit weird as well that he's like didn't even say to Asher about it, and Asher's not bothered either. 
No, no. A lot of people aren't really enjoying Asha at the moment either, and they're saying that she's being really bratty and uh, and, and self-centred and everything. I'm not particularly getting that. Well, I'd, I'd be quite self-centred about being rescued from a burning car. <laughs> she's had a tough couple of years as, as Asha. I think I'm. I think in my head she's still riding high on that, and with the sympathy and everything. I I agree. I think she is being bratty. She's ever so slightly. But she's being bratty in an entitled teenage way, where you feel incredibly safe and secure in being bratty, in the knowledge that everybody has to just deal with it mm. and wait until you're twenty one. Uh, what I want to know is if if Ardy's plan is to bring down Dev's business empire from the inside, is he actually that you need to have kind of a decent business mind to be able to do that? And we've yeah. kind of seen that Ardy isn't, Ardy's not isn't very the world's smart, best, best business man. No, he's um. So uh, maybe he's just going to utterly fail and it's going to succeed. Yeah, <laughs> by accident. Oh, I hope Evelyn doesn't lose her job. She's going to be... Uh, well, she's not the assistant manager. She's going to be... No, no, just like, you know, when he brings down the shop and oh. everything, she's going to... He hasn't thought about that, has he? Poor Evelyn. She's probably going to be doing something like buy loads of halved peaches in syrup and that turn out that that was the star ingredient of this week's Great British Bake Off <laughs> and business is booming. Yeah. Also, if he brings down the business empire, where's everyone going to go? Because that's the chip shop, the kebab shop, the corner shop. Yeah. Already the co-op's closed. I know. <laughs> no, the co-op's open. It's cost of it's closed. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? That's right. Maybe oh, that's maybe then. he will suggest opening a coffee shop. Yeah. And that will fail because of Roy's great prices, which haven't changed in 20 years. <laughs> anyway, we do... I actually we didn't... think that you could pay less for an entire meal at Roy's than you could do for a single coffee from Costa. <laughs> I um, think that's right. That story didn't go anywhere after Monday, sadly, so there, there wasn't much to, to I don't say. I don't know if I really wanted to go any further because um, I, I think it's a. I, I don't like the I, idea I get it, I of get it on ruining paper. the dynamic. I totally get it on paper, but the, yeah, the, the dynamic ruining And it's another is, example of like them only really be, being able to put time and attention and love into a relationship to build it up and make it really interesting and fun to watch because they're going to tear it down and they want you to care about it. Mm. Yeah, which I wish they wouldn't do. Yeah, me too. You know, like they did with Seb and Nina. Mm. Like they've done, the the Alahans, they've, they've obviously only done, you know, made them so strong so they could break them apart. Mm. It's unfortunate because it, it is actually a joy to watch these these things. Well, maybe what it does mean, though, is that Emma and Curtis are going to be plain sailing, and they're going to have lots of happiness in their future because they haven't done very lots much to build. Strife. They haven't b- built built them up to be an interesting couple in the slightest. <laughs> I was like willing to accept Curtis whenever he came into the show like six months ago, right. but every time that he comes onto the screen now, it's just like. <sighs> Listen to me carefully, all you attractive people listening, because I know some of you are attractive. Do not ride through life on your looks. Cultivate a personality, otherwise you will end up like Curtis, I who know. is basically a piece of wood carved into a nice face. He's oh. he's very boring. So the the story here is that um, 
Emma, Emma can't cook on Wednesday, so she set the kitchen on fire. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, and then they have a face pack time together. And, and Emma's worried that uh, Curtis is pushing himself too hard because he wants to go off to the hospital to get do extra hospitally healthy things. Or does he? Has he got something else secretly that he's I getting up to? I don't think know. That he's studying to be a doctor anymore. I wonder. And then on Friday, um, his hair starts dropping out, apparently. Or has he just got a little bit of. Um... And he says it's a spider. Yeah. Um, and then and Emma's like, oh, Curtis, um, I'm going to get you some money. Dad, can I have Ollie's money, please, for mitochondrial disease? Can um, can Curtis have some to get have a private medical consultation? And Steve says, no, not really, because people didn't want it to go for that. So um, that's no. it, really. No, you can't have it. And then Cur- Emma's miserable again at the end of the episode. And she says, oh, Curtis, I'm so proud of you for managing your illness and everything. And... And he says, oh, I'll do it for you, Emma. Um, Oh, and you're such a lovely babe. And thanks for the the difference you've made to my life. And you make life worth living for me. And that's that's what he says to her. That's what he says to her, yeah. That that was it, really, wasn't it? Do you think that he's trying to get his hands on Ollie's money? Do you think this is where it's possibly going? I don't know, but I... I I'm going to be so gutted if he is being genuine. I know, me too. (laughs) Although if he really, really is ill, he might drop dead. And um, do us all the favour, mightn't yeah. he, in the near future? It's just, it's just if if he is uh, having her on, it's just Jude two isn't it? Mm. Like a really boring, bland, good-looking man who only becomes interesting when it turns out he's a, secretly a, vi- a villain and a and a what's it called liar. I really hope it comes out next week. And the fact that this story was kind of built up towards the end of this week, which they often do, if it's going to be a major story next week, gives me hope that maybe there'll be some kind of revelation in it by the end of next week's episodes. I, so I when, don't know. You know. At the beginning of this episode, when they're talking about him swallowing pills. Oh yeah. Does he bring it up or does she? I can't remember. Cause it seems to me like a lot of this stuff is prompted by him mentioning something or making a big deal about something that he says is he doesn't want her to make a big deal out of like he could have hidden the hair and she wouldn't have known but he was being very obvious about the fact that he had it really did look like that he wanted her to see that hair yeah he wants this empathy i honestly if they haven't written it that he's got he's faking then They've missed a trick because it perfectly fits everything he's doing. Look, Gemma, the story is going at such a glacial pace at the moment that they probably could have... They, Tell you what. By the time people started theorising about this a couple of months ago, they had the chance to write it in there that that's where it was going to go. Uh, the only thing he's in danger of dying of at the moment is old age. Story <laughs> goes anyway. I, I, Emma's another one. Like I was saying with Jenny earlier, like the fact that she's not surrounded by the most exciting of characters makes the character of Jenny less interesting to me. And it's the same it with Emma. She's just hanging around with... If he's really a liar. And what was the word that she didn't know the meaning of? I forgot. Oh, omniscient. That's it? right. See, she's the perfect mark, isn't she? Hmm? The perfect mark. Why? You know, for a con... Because oh. she's very simple and she she's very... Um, Open and loving, yeah, isn't there, she? There's a risk that they're kirkifying her, I tell you. She, she didn't used to be that thick. Because she thought omniscient was a sort of deodorant. Yeah, something like that. Don't know that. about that, but um, she's certainly the sort of person who you could tell her that you're a doctor and say a bunch of medical stuff that you learned off scrubs and she would be like, wow. 
wonder what her reaction would be to finding out that he was really faking it. Which crying. He, she wouldn't understand. Just or, crying. But he, he, I reckon he might be able to convince her and talk around and like, can you keep up the secret for me, Emma? Oh my God. <laughs> I never even considered that. Yeah. The end game of this is just going to be Emma cries again and everyone feels sorry for her. Yeah. And then we all go, isn't she great? We love Emma. Mm. We'll see. But some of us Maybe will next go, week. do you know what? I'm sick and tired of Emma crying all the time. Anyway, that wasn't the only story where nothing really happened this week. We also had the Zidane story, didn't we? Where the, basically, it's just a lot more of Hashim um, being a bit shady in the alley opposite Speed Dial saying, here's some more money, can you launder it through the tills, please? And then we see Zidane putting the money in the tills going, oh, this is starting to look a bit suspicious, really. Can I, I not do this? I don't see how Thanks. this is going to work. I understand the, I understand the basic principle of how you how you launder money through a business like Speed Dial, where you say, Well, we had ten customers today and I've got hundred pounds in cash when there weren't any customers. That makes sense to me. But then once you get it through the books, well how do you pay tax you've got to pay tax on it. So you're not gonna get a hundred percent of your money back. And how is he going to get that money to Hashim? I don't think Hashim has thought of any of this himself. He's been very gung-ho about this. He's like, oh, it's Zidane, it's your problem. You've got to do this for me because I said so. It's like, well, yeah, but there are practicalities to this that you are not addressing that is going to mean the whole thing is doomed to failure because it's hard enough to do it when the person's completely on board. I'm sure Hashim knows what he's doing. He really? looks like he's done it before. He doesn't seem to know what he's doing. You can't get 100% of the money out of a money laundering scheme. No, I can't guess what you need. Yeah, but he, he, wants, he, see, he doesn't seem to. And he also doesn't seem to, 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 to realise that it's ludicrous to have 50 grand <laughs> in profit for, from a backstreet um, uh, Pakistani street, street food, food restaurant. restaurant, even if it does have a blimmin' burger van or whatever. And amazing lassies. Mm. Come far and wide. I'll tell you what. What they need to do is open a bar in there because that's going to explain where the money's coming from <laughs> and start selling modern art on the side. Yeah. Because that's another more money laundering string. How about selling an NFT of um, of Speed Doll? A what? One of those non-fungible token things that everyone's talking about, those digital... You know how it's a thing that you say, oh, I own that Charlie Bit My Finger video because I got the NFT of it. Oh, yeah. He needs to get into that game. (laughs) Hashim, stop buggering around with money laundering and start doing that. Yeah, get off your finger on the post. Why doesn't... I'll tell you what, ITV's missed a trick too because they could have sold the NFT of the first episode. Mm. It's just such a weird thing. It's like literally <laughs> the human equivalent of pissing on a lamppost. Isn't it? Going, well, it's mine now. Yeah. I paid underground for that. Anyway, um, the, the development kind of, the one small development in the story this week is that Ryan overhears Hashim and uh, Zidane getting up to um, shady business up Villain's Alley. and uh, But he doesn't say anything. No, he, he asks Zidane what's going on there then. And Zidane makes up some kind of cock and bull story about business business something or other and Ryan doesn't believe him so um he he's he was having a bit he was getting invited back to work at speed dial earlier in the episode wasn't he by earlier because he's, he was he's sad about Johnny being dead no he was also so, crying because um, all of his DJ equipment fell in the hole oh yeah that's right that's and he's right. like I don't even want to do music anymore <laughs> I'm so sad like um, really yeah 
I think I, I don't know if the musical world can cope with the loss of Ryan. I think that Jeff has uh, summoned Ryan's uh, DJ equipment into the pits of hell, and that's mm. why it fell into the sinkhole. And he's there doing his um, Mr. Lover Lover <laughs> <laughs> in the pits of hell. But what I want to know is that is there no audience for like a real bummed out DJ like playing all dreary tunes? There must be. Oh yeah, probably. Ask Nina. Yeah, she <laughs> is that, isn't that what Cradle of Filth is? <laughs> anyway, Ryan's probably going to now start working at um, Speed Dial and being very suspicious of what Zidane's up to, and then maybe he'll get himself beaten up or something. What does What does Zidane even say? Well, he he he. What when Ryan confronted him? Yeah, he just said I was just talking about businessy things. What he, in an alley? Yeah, I'd say to, I'd say look, Ryan, you saw what happened to the street. I'm not going to stand around. On the road, waiting to get swallowed up. I'm gonna go down an alley. It's safer. My safe alley. Because then I can do that thing where if the ground starts to fall beneath me, I'll just jump and put my arms out and my legs out, and I'll <laughs> spread eagled on the wall, and I can just inch my way out. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Anyway, more to that next week, I suppose. I don't want Ryan to be the bloody like mastermind that brings down Hashim's criminal <laughs> empire. I'd be so embarrassed if I was Hashim if that happened to me. It seems like a likely thing to happen now, doesn't it? What else is he there for? Do you, I tell you, a DJ gig uh, business is a good way to launder money. Yeah. How do they make money? The tax man at the end of the go, Ryan, so you've been a DJ for a year. How do you get paid? Oh, they the, give the me... The venue. The venue gives me £100 an hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Well, maybe Hashim will move on to Ryan next. It's £100 an hour or £1,000 to stop. <laughs> right. I think we're done. Um, I thought it was it was okay this week. It was, it was the... Um... It was the inevitable crash after a big... Yeah, but, but some know, people loved this. There was some there were some really yeah. nice character moments. I mean, I, I think Sam is got to be my character of the week this week. I think he was mm. the he was the the one that I was watching it for, the one that I wanted to see how he was going to react, and the one who did a, a, a very very good job um, with everything that he was given. Um, what what a cracking young talent we have there at Coronation Street. So oh, uh, yes, he is we. he is yeah. We take We're all, all part of the Corey family. Anything that happens is we, is it? Especially the good all things. All the bad things, they. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he's my character of the week. You're like and, one um, of these football fans am... that thinks that they scored the goal. <laughs> I'm giving this week's Coronation Street um, three Devon pasties. Oh, damn, I was going to pick that. Out of five. Well, you have to pick something. Scientifically did I say proven. three or did I say three, three and a half? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half Devon pasties because I've eaten half of one. Out of five. We had a nice pasta, didn't we? This we did, week? we did have a nice pasta. What are you giving it? Um, you got Sam's character of the week? Yeah, Sam was pretty good, wasn't he? Bless pretty pretty good. Socks. And I mean, I know I was complaining about um, Natasha not dying last week, but obviously they needed room to do the story properly. I don't know that they could have given... But I, I still think that there would have been time to have done some of this. Maybe. I think they just wanted the poignant last scene with Natasha and Sam where she was stroking his hair and saying she loved him mm. and stuff. That was very, very sweet. What you scoring it? Oh, I'm going to score this. I'm going to score it um, three and a half Gandhi's nostril hair. <laughs> half a nostril hair. What was that? There you go. Is there such a thing? Um, I can't remember. I'm sure it was saying with Tez and Avi, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
If those ringing a bell, but I don't know what. Anyway, somebody can tell us. Okay, well, there we go. I, I th- I'm interested it to see what other people thought of this. I'd like to see some kind of graph that is made comparing people's scores to of last week to this week. And if they scored last week really, really high, did they skew lower this week and vice versa? Yeah, I thought there were some really powerful scenes. There's some really good um, stuff, you know, mopping up the emotional debris of last week. But... Uh, it wasn't as exciting because nobody fell in a hole. <laughs> the the Stuart in a bag stuff was okay, um, but I, I feel like it needs to be tied up now. Um, Ardy was okay, but it was only in it a little bit. Jenny was being sad was okay, but they do like Jenny to you know reach for the bottle as a response to all dramas in her life. Um, it was it was okay. It was an okay week. Mm. Um, and that's it. Well, that's why you so gave it three and a half. It is indeed. So let's move on and um, do news. the next bit of the podcast. Right, news. This We've got two weeks worth of news to catch up this week. And we have got, you've got six little news things to talk about. Although I think they're all a little bit small. So I don't know how long this is going to be. But first off, we've had another curry wedding. Kim Marsh has got herself married again. Uh, to... She's not called that anymore. Well, uh, is she still called that? The Wikipedia page says she, she's called Kim Kim Ratcliffe, but I don't know whether she's taken Scott's name or not. But um, this is a couple of weeks ago, October the 16th, they got married and they're on the front of um, OK Magazine or something. Uh, I, I saw in a service station the other day. So yeah, congratulations to Kim Marsh, who played the lovely Michelle, our, uh, our, our favourite character or something. We're allowed to say, we've got to say nice things because she's got married. Um, and uh, it looks like she had a proper Corrie little entourage there, didn't she? We had... We had Ali King was there as a bridesmaid. Uh, Jane Danson was there. Tristan Gemmell was there as well. Yeah, he was. He, he's, he's back to his black hair again, hasn't he? He's no longer a silver fox. Um, Chris Gascoigne was there. Sally Ann Matthews, Ryan Prescott. So all the, all the, the Connors were there um, celebrating the lovely day with Kim Marsh. So I'm sure they had a lovely time. Congratulations. And to make it even better, they had Anthony Cotton as the master of ceremonies. That's because he introduced them. Hmm. Did he introduce them together? Is that how they met? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know That's what this. It says here. Oh, evening what does the master of ceremonies do again? Do they just like it's like the compare, int- isn't it? The MC who just goes, and now we are going to have speeches, or now it's time to cut the cake, or photos on the lawn. Oh, I'm sure Anthony Cotton is amazing at that. He did he used to his own chat show and everything, didn't he? Anyway, congrats, Kim Marsh. Yeah. No, nothing more to say about that. I hope you had a lovely day and it was... Everybody it was, looked very beautiful. They did look very snazzy. I just I thought it was nice to see Tristan Gemmell there. I, it's nice that, you know, all the Connors got together, didn't they? And um, and then that's it. And we also have good news for Sam Aston and his partner, Bryony, who are going to be having another little baby again. It's due in the spring. Aww. And he put something on his Instagram with um, with the with the other little sprogling that they had uh, recently that said... Um, Another pumpkin is joining our patch. Autumnal baby announcement. So um, that'll be good. And and this this other kid of of Sam's is um, is he's a true Aston. He's a he's a proper redhead. This little kid. So um, I'm sure this new one will be similarly endowed. And um, Maureen Lippman has got a dame hood, hasn't she? She's been off to see Prince Charles this week. She got. A, does she get us? You know, do when when you you you're dame, do you get the sword thing on you? Is that how they do it? I think they do it the rolling pin. They dub you. <laughs> so she's she's now a um a dame commander. I don't know whether that's somebody who gets to command dames about. I've just got this image in my head of a like widow twanky wearing <laughs> with like a wearing a, a a cap and a medal. 
<laughs> anyway. And then she pins the medal to her boob and it deflates sadly <laughs> with the sound of a farting balloon. <laughs> anyway, she, she's a dame commander for her services to charity, entertainment and the arts. And she, she she's known that this was coming for like... Um, a long time. A long time. I want to be now a that dame to commander. Get, I didn't know that it. was an option. I think, is it just the same as a dame? I don't know. As a dame commander even better. Why don't, what a waste of an education in this country that we don't get taught what a dame commander is. How are we supposed to know that there are things that we, us common folk can strive for? If you can't be born a lady, you could at least become a dame commander. It certainly made me want to take a wider interest in charity, entertainment and the arts. Yes. So <laughs> um, what's the male equivalent? Something cool, isn't it? I can't it? remember. I've never liked the idea of being a dame, but I didn't know you could be a dame commander. <laughs> Makes all the difference. <laughs> She's just going to get ideas from her station as well, really. Oh, I don't think it's of this, I'll tell you. Um, I, I like the story of her fascinator. Have you seen this? She, she, no. I don't know whether you've seen a picture of her and Charlie Boy together getting uh, getting this damehood, but she had a lovely black fascinator and uh, apparently it came from the Coronation Street wardrobe. She didn't know what to wear on her bonce and she went to the wardrobe oh, wow. and said, you got any fascinators there? And they gave her seven to take out. And then she spent, spent the next day trying to figure out which ones to go for. And well, it's they, just um... like when you get married in the royal family and they let you choose what tiara you want. Yeah. And, and she, and she had her friends trying to say, no, do wear this one. No, no, wear this one. And, um, and then on the morning of it, she decided herself that the black one that she ended up wearing was the one to go for. So I think I think that's pretty cool. I don't know whether we can um, scroll back on some episodes of Coronation Street, like some weddings maybe, and oh, see yeah. if we can find Ooh. the wedding, uh, the, the wedding fascinator that no, Maureen Lippman ended up wearing. In the, in the, in presence, the presence of, of royalty. I know. Although quite a lot of Corrie things have been worn in the presence of royalty as the Queen went and visited the set oh, earlier no. this year. It's so royal. The Corrie's having a right royal year, aren't they? Anyway... Congratulations, Maureen Lippman. That's a pretty cool honour. And you're Coronation Street's first dame. <laughs> Although I don't I really think it counts that. for Coronation. I know, Barbara Knox. What's taken her so long? Bar Babs is furious. <laughs> I, bet she, no, she is. I bet she's like proper livid about oh, this. Dear. I don't know whether Corrie can really claim this damehood because I think Maureen Lippman did a fair amount before um, before joining the cast of Corrie recently. But anyway, I think that's quite cool. Um, and also, next bit of news, Gemma, this is this is Richard Hawley news. We were wondering what he was going to be up to next. And as well as doing his forest schooling, which I, I assure you is a thing, he's going to be in a stage play next year. And a, um, I think it's a thriller, like a crime thriller um, called Dead Lies. And this is written by um, Hilary Bonner, who is married to Amanda Barry of Coronation Street fame, Alma. Very nice. Also cousin to Sally Ann Matthews. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a play that's touring the UK next year. It's not coming anywhere near here, I've checked. Um, but uh, if you if you are missing Richard Hawley, if you're Rachel Doyle, aka Cory Poems, and you want to get your Richard Hawley fix next year, then go along and see this. I'm sure it's going to be lovely. Um, and it's about a politician who promises a new kind of politics beyond sleaze and spin. If such a thing exists, I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad to see that he's getting a bit of extra work. Good on him. Um, also getting a bit of extra work um, next year is Sarah Lancashire. Um, again, not really sure if this counts as Coronation Street news, but I liked Raquel, so I'm going to announce that we do have a third series of Happy Valley. Yeah, It's going to be um, popping onto the BBC next year. Um, series 2 is in 2016, can you believe this? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can't remember very much about what happens. I remember I enjoyed I it. It's brilliant. The only reason I started watching it because it's Gogglebox, I think. Oh yeah, it might have been one of those. That's why we ended up watching Line of Duty as well, yeah. isn't it? Because of Gogglebox. Because it was the funeral. 
Yeah, that's right. They had um, Coronation Street on Gogglebox last week. I watched it. Somebody quite helpfully oh. posted it on our Facebook group earlier today. So I watched everybody reacting to Abby and Corey falling into the sinkhole. Oh. Apparently, it was Did supposed they like to. It? Um, I think they thought it was a little bit far-fetched, to be Nonsense. honest. <laughs> um, apparently it's on tonight's show as well, so maybe we can watch a bit yeah. of that later. Um, probably reacting to Sam, I imagine. Oh, maybe. The poor or maybe it's Johnny dying, I don't know. But um, anyway, um, Happy Valley, if you like that, if you like Sarah Lancashire, she's done other things, but we kind of only tend to mention things that are of personal interest to us on this podcast, and we do yeah. like a bit of that. Um, and maybe, uh, I think this is supposed to be the final series, so... Um, Surely back to Corrie for 2023, I'm going to say. Well, in triumph, yeah. <laughs> with, with Curly on on her arm. Um, and then finally, um, this isn't really news at all, but um, don't forget next week is Soap Crossover Week. It's, the, um, it's all the politicians getting together to do their Save the Environment from the from the climate change, isn't it, next week, and Coronation Street and Emmerdale and the Stenders and Hollyoaks are all getting together to do some, um, let's talk about climate change in our stories. Although Corey did that this week, didn't they? They had Sam going on about um, climate change for some reason, didn't they? Because of the rain. They were talking about the rain, that's right, wasn't they? But anyway, next week, um, look out for appearances from your favourite soap characters in Coronation Street and vice versa. Curry people will be turning up in EastEnders and Hollyoaks um, on screens and things. I don't know how it's going to go, but we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and I'm uh, kind of curious to find out about it and, and I hope that I notice it, but because we don't really know anything about any of the other soaps, it could very well pass us by. But um, if you're a multi-soap viewer, maybe it'd be kind of fun for you. But that's it, isn't it? Any other news? Gemma's just wildly distracted now by all the different um, honours that she hasn't got nor will ever sad, achieve in her so lifetime. sad. I can't believe this. And um, do you know that if I became a dame, you could not use a... Because if you're a wife of a knight, because that's the thing I forgot it was, knights and dames. Okay. If you're the wife of a knight, you can call yourself lady whatever. But because you're... I can call myself lady. No. If you're the wife... Oh, okay. You're not my wife. No. Um, if you're the wife of a knight, you can have lady whatever, but no such equivalent privilege exists for husbands of knights or spouses of dames. <sighs> How awful. Is is dame commander the same as a dame? Have you found well, this out? This sounds like me. Not a dame grand cross. <laughs> you do get very cross. Mm. <laughs> There's knights and dames grand cross, knights commander, dames commander, commanders, officers, and members. Oh, well, it's always all the same, um, isn't it? But I found here... Is it that... just to do with how close you sit next to the Queen when you get invited to Buckingham Palace for your tea? I know during medieval times there was a very, very strict order in which you could sit at a table and how many plates of food you were allowed to have prepared for your banquet. So it's probably related to that. Okay. Like, you can have a KFC boneless nugget box if you're a dame commander. Um and a gravy box, but you can only have one or the other if you're a commoner. <laughs> okay, that makes but sense. But I found my perfect job here because it says current knights and dames grand cross and it says sovereign, Queen Elizabeth II. Mm. Underneath it says grand master and it's vacant. Oh I tell you what, if I edit Wikipedia I could put myself in here right now. <laughs> you do that. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm that. just gonna um get get things set up for the for the feedback time now, Gemma. So um let's do some let's see what the, our listeners have got to say about last week's Corey. 
okay, feedback time. And in, in, in the little pause that we've just no. had between the, the, the news section and the feedback, Gemma has successfully edited the no. Wikipedia page to make herself the Grand Master. I, I think we're going to have a knock at the door by the, uh, by the no. Queen later no, tonight. It's vandalism. I wouldn't do that. You have absolutely done that, Gemma. No, I haven't. It says um, Grandmaster Gemma Cox. <laughs> On Wikipedia, I would never so do that. I, you know, I donate money to Wikipedia, <laughs> do so you? I'm allowed. You're allowed to edit. Thank you, everybody who voted on our Facebook poll last week. I think this is like the biggest number of votes we had ever. Is it? Is it I mean, it's a big, it's a big week. But um, people want to to have their voices. It was heard. A, it was a very wide range of votes, as expected. But yeah, loads and loads of people voted. Thank you very much. It ended up being four point two three out of five. So on the whole, people quite enjoyed it. Um, and Chloe gave it four and a half vegetarian sausage zombies out of five. Yum. Toya's um, Halloween food of choice. Chad, three guns in old biscuit tins that turn out to be glue guns. <laughs> and Emma gave it four farts in a shell suit out of five. Obviously I had to pick that as my top choice this week because I'm vulgar. Um, right, we have got a message here from Christina. And uh, this the, the title of this email, I think, was like spoilers or something. And I, I think um, I thought we were in trouble again of spoiling somebody. Oh. But Christina says we did spoil her. She's a, she's a crossing guard from Cambridge, Massachusetts. And she says, thanks to Brickbox, you guys broke the news to me that Johnny died. I don't really get why that's our fault, but it doesn't matter. It's Wednesday and it just happened here in the USA. To be honest, I'm so glad that I heard it from you guys first because Johnny was my favourite for all the same reasons Michael mentioned a show ago. I loved his vibe and he was truly someone I would enjoy having a beer with. You do know, Christina, if you had a beer with him, he would call you a lollipop lady. But you, you probably do know that. <laughs> On another note... But don't take offence. I was really wishing that I could be watching with you guys when the car explosion happened with Dev, Adi and Asher. I was literally freaking out and I wanted to experience it in oh. real time with the two of you. Oh. That's nice. We did, um, we did a live immediate reaction to on YouTube didn't we of um, some special thing that was the, that was the live episode where uh, Callum got clobbered but we haven't ever done a live watch along which is something that we might do one day one one of these days yeah, maybe that would be fun maybe we maybe for our 10th anniversary of the podcast next summer we all need to get together on a big screen in Manchester and all watch watch the episode together watch it on a zoom call I don't think it's going to help anybody living in Massachusetts mind you but it could be fun. Um, I've got to say, Christina says, Tev's shine has dulled, but I do appreciate the character development that this story provides. Michael, I don't enjoy them breaking couples up either, and I consider it lazy writing. Two more things. Maybe the Halloween storylines are considered more of a 60th anniversary thing. I say that because they have been sliding into the old-timey theme music the last several episodes. We noticed that as well, didn't we? We don't usually um, watch all the theme music. Usually once the episode's ended, we just mute it or pause it or something. But we happened to listen to the end of one of the episodes last week and um, it was extended, wasn't it? Do you remember? And yes. I said, that sounds weird. I yes. don't like this arrangement of it. <laughs> um, lastly... Uh, Christina says, I'm so thrilled that Hugs and Kisses are back. Is that because I'm American? So is this talking about the fact that um, social distancing seems to have been totally dashed in Coronation Street now? It was it was funny There's this week. Some. There's still some, but even this week, like even with like um, Nina and Asher and, and everyone going off on their little stew hunt, everybody there was very close together. It It really felt to me pretty much back to normal. And I'm guessing that whatever measures they've got in place now... Um, they're just saying, yeah, as long as we do such and such, or as long as you're vaccinated, as long as you've got your PCRs or, or whatever, anything goes. I mean, and they're not going to have mass 
snogging orgy sessions or anything, but um, it's certainly feeling a lot more natural and that you think the whole country's in a state of denial we are a little bit that there's a pandemic still and the cases are still fairly high here in the uk as high as they've been since january yeah but it's okay because coronation street characters can stand next to each other now so that makes up for it i don't know if it's because you're american christina i think um we like hugs and kisses here in this country too we we do but we prefer to reproduce asexually, where a appendage will drop off and a baby grows from that, because it can't have any of that disgusting <laughs> touching one another. Such a prude. Gemma, what does George she have to say? She loves us and thought our quiet voices were damn cute and sweet. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> George says, um, this week, uh, as for the build-up, to it i've been like a kid in a cake factory as this is what the cobbles needed so here are my thoughts of the week monday found the action very slow to start but when it ramped up it was thrilling the way i interpreted it was dev was picking up his favorite kid and i wasn't surprised he picked asher despite Ardy's please however i did not expect Corey and abby to be the first down the sinkhole i thought they'd be spotted by roy in some alleyway Wednesday, while well, the star of the show was definitely Abby, although I'm not surprised that Corey only confessed because he felt she would have pulled the trigger and once rescued, reverted to old, his old ways. Harvey was rubbish. I don't get why he was toying with Leanne, as this shows for me why he hasn't been a great villain and he's going in the sinkhole was predictable, especially and he landed right next to the gun. <laughs> Friday, it had all the feels of an action movie as Johnny goes out in the rush of glory. If only he didn't declare his impending doom for the last two weeks, the big shock was Roy lying to snooty fringe bangs. His <laughs> 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 fringe mukbangs. As He's proud of that Scottish heritage. What else do you think she wears her ginger hair with pride? As for Harvey, it was only going to end one way. And is it wrong of me to be happy it was Natasha? I'm glad that you're on our side, George, because um, I'm feeling that the the anti-Natasha death sentiment is rising. Someone's got to die for the situation to be proven serious. I do. I mean, I I do uh, agree as well with what you said, George, about... um, Johnny's impending doom being heavily telegraphed. Uh, I don't particularly mind that especially, but I, I still do wish there'd been a bit of a surprise death in there and only yes, only I killing agree. off two people. I'm sorry, I agree. I really, really wanted more people to die. Mm. The, the cast is too big. It's far too big. And if you like, look at the cast list now, there's so many people that have barely, barely done anything and, and this year. And let's, you know, it, although it is of all appearance that... The pandemic is coming to an end. Um, they they still uh still have to deal with restrictions, and one of the the knock on effects is that you can only have so many people in the scene. So it's even worse now than it used to be. You can't just have Sean in the background having a pint or whatever while somebody else is talking. Everybody has to be in the scene for a reason. You can't have extraneous people. And even Johnny Connor's only allowed two people at his wake. I don't know. I do wonder about Steve McDonald being in that cafe scene doing random crossword today, whether that was strictly that necessary. That was weird, wasn't it? That was odd, yeah. Um, next up, we got some feedback from Morgan, which is like, Morgan hasn't um, oh, yeah. hasn't written to us for a little while. Because he's um, off he, he says, gallivanting he's, about. He is gallivanting against having mm. trouble in university, yeah. He says... Um, 
He's, he wants to talk about grief and what fools it makes of us. Now, Morgan says, I'm not for a single second going to say that people cannot grieve in whatever the way they see fit to. Everybody grieves differently. That's a terribly important phrase and the crux of what I want to talk about. Now, Corey's portrayal of grief has always been everybody grieves differently, but the differently element has always been very dual-sided. Screaming outrage, fits of drinking and violence, smashing up the street versus quiet, sublimated emotion and feelings and trying to carry on above all odds. Grief is a spectrum. It is wide, an all-encompassing range of emotion. We need more than, like duality. I'm not a massive fan of the two autistic ASD coded characters Roy and Sam to being portrayed as grieving to be in the latter way. People on the spectrum such as myself grieve as well and feel their emotions just as strongly and passionately as neurotypical people. Show us more types, show us a rollercoaster of emotion, the fear, the guilt of feeling happy post bereavement, show us the kaleidoscope of grief. I've never really thought about it. Like, I think I need this feedback's only just come in, so I've not been able to have a chance to process it properly yet. But I don't know. Do you think that Coronation Street doesn't show the full range of grief? I'd have to give it more thought. I think um, I think they did a, quite a good job with Leanne um, last year with Ollie. But the trouble is, so many people die in Coronation Street. It's difficult to really focus on somebody grieving for a prolonged amount of time. Um, and we've had stories that focus solely on somebody grieving. Um, so to do one again, I don't know. But I totally agree with what Morgan's saying um, about about the spectrum of grief. And, you know, even even in one person, you'll get all of those things at one point or another. Yeah. You're not you're not gonna just always be gung ho and getting on with stuff. One minute you'll be like that and the next minute, you know, you won't be able to get out of bed. But the trouble is, I think it's easier I think we all live with a shorthand of understanding things through certain character tropes and it's easy to shorthand explain, you know, they're really upset about this with oh look Carla's drunk again or yeah. you know it's um it's it it's a very quick way of explaining how somebody's feeling when you don't want to get into a very deep storyline about how and what they're feeling yeah but I agree it's true and he is also right about having Sam and Roy be very matter of fact and one might say cold Mm. Whether, even though that's not ex exactly what it is and that's sort of a stereotype that Morgan was addressing I think yeah. that processing emotions differently means that you don't feel them in the same way as other people do and that's not actually true so yeah it's very interesting and uh, we'll see what happens with Sam because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that is, is he going to cry? Mm. That's, the, that's the question I think that's what everyone's waiting for to go happen. on Sam yeah. Squeeze out a tear. Good, thank you, Morgan. That was very thought provoking. You gonna do the next one? No, you did that one. I just did Morgan. Oh, you did, didn't you? I did. I'll do Should Nancy. I'll do Nancy's then. One. I loved a discussion on Friday night's episode. I loved it when Harvey shot Natasha, thinking it was Leanne. <laughs> Leanne crashing the car with Harvey in there was amazing. Harvey's emo 
a motivation for going back to the street was to get Leanne, not Toya. I think he sat in it hoping to kill somebody. <laughs> Jenny and Johnny scenes were outstanding. Jenny was calling out to Johnny. That was poignant. I thought Shannon was wonderful to try to save both Jenny and Johnny. I did think Dev should have tried to save Ardy first. I do understand, though, why he saved Ash at first. I hope Artie can forgive Dev. Nope. It will be interesting to see who will end up paying for all this damage. I do <laughs> hope Corey will get arrested. Friday's episodes were a five. I give it five Corey backpacks out of five. Five is for the wonderful scenes in the sinkhole. Character of the week is Jenny. And I give a shout out to Johnny. <laughs> yeah, who is going to pay for it all? Is it just going to come out of Ray's uh, deep pockets? Well, this is the thing. I feel, I feel bad for Ray this week. He's not even in the show to Been be able maligned. to defend it himself. Um, this is the thing. This, this is like when um when Tony Stewart got blamed for uh, Callum's death and he wasn't there to be able to to defend himself either. And still, his name has not been cleared. I know. Um, apparently, there has been a change recently to do with insurance, whereby you you're not covered if the hole is in your garden and it doesn't affect your the structural integrity of your house. So, but I can't work out. Stop fishing. Sorry. I can't work out who pays for it if your sinkhole then causes more structural... Mass destruction and death and drama. Yeah. <laughs> what happens, who's got to pay for all this drama that's happened? Yeah. And um, I don't want to worry you, Michael, but I looked up and it said that um, a sinkhole area is in Hampshire. Really? We've got yeah. one, have we? Apparently. Well, apparently it's a it's a problem that could occur in this area. Didn't we have somebody on our Facebook group just this week saying yeah. that they found a, they've got a sinkhole in their property? Oh, it's scary. It's like it's like when um after the heat pump story and now they're yeah. all over the news. I know. We can now start having hit sinkholes opening up all over the country, swallowing us all in. What else horrible things are going to happen to us? Um, Don't go fishing. People are going to be money laundering us. Don't go fishing backpacks out of the water is what I say. <laughs> right, last bit of feedback. We got Rebecca, of course, who enjoyed last week. Said it was a great week. Um, okay, it was a bit over the top and dramatic, but I missed seeing those scenes due to COVID. And like you said, we aren't going to get scenes like those every week. Even though with a little detective work, I predicted that Johnny would die. I was absolutely gutted to see him go. Um, saving Jenny and being the hero, it broke me. Jenny was also great too, the screams by Sal and that kiss. I really hope Jenny manages to be strong, but I wonder if she will blame herself. Leah will be off, but Uncle Ronnie will stay around and eventually they'll get together. I don't mind that as much if Jenny wallows in grief for a bit, but just wait a bit, Ronnie, before sniffing around again. <laughs> Love the action hero Shona. I had a gut feeling she wouldn't die as David to lose two of his wives in disasters would be a bit much. I'm also looking forward to Carla's reaction towards Johnny. I know Carla gets a bit much, but Ali, Ali can pull it out of the bag when she needs to. And she hasn't done much this year. On to the Harvey stuff. And Will Miller was fantastic this week. That bit where he surprised Leanne in the car. I jumped 20 feet, no lie. <laughs> I think that Harvey is dead. No, he's not. As I saw Will Miller post a video saying it was his last night filming. I think Natasha will die in hospital, a la Tina dying in hospital. And then we will have Leanne blame herself for Natasha's death. By the way, Rebecca always sends her feedback on Monday. So none of this week's stuff would happen when she sent this in. Uh, and Sam and Nick, Nick are going to disown her. Oh dear. I also agree. I thought we should have had more Toya and maybe some Imran being in danger. But no, she's still angry at him. I did laugh at Simon saying, you two will work things out. I don't see that at the moment, Simon. I really enjoyed Leanne walking around the street with a tape round her mouth and people thinking <laughs> she was part of the act. Also, her evil face when she starts reversing backwards was brilliant too. She wasn't reversing, was she? 
Leandro forwards. Anyway, Jane Danson pulls it off again, even though she did troll us about making it out, making out that she was leaving. <laughs> the Abby and Corey stuff was great too, though I'm a little bit annoyed that he's still free and at the moment nothing seems to point towards him being charged with Seb's murder. Highlight of Monday's episode was Nina finding glue gunny. That was brilliant. <laughs> Roy, Roy lying for Abby I love because he's wrestling with himself and knows he's doing wrong, but he also cares for Abby. Love the scenes with DS Abney and Roy's and also Roy saying, I think I heard a gunshot and nobody caring. Sally Carmen was great in Wednesday's episode and I loved the close-up shots on her face when Roy was talking to her but the best bit was when she shot the mirror in Horonation Street and Corey's face was a picture. Finally, the Allahan story was a good start to the week, fantastic cast stunt and I've also really feeling for Ardu and of course Asher is Dev's favourite, even when they were young he only cared about her and he only cared about Ardu when he was good at golf. Aww. No, to me, it's very much in Dev's character. And even though I'm going to miss Ardy and Dev's relationship for a bit, they'll forgive one another eventually. I, I think that Ardy needs to go a bit postal on the Dev's properties with the golf club. Yeah, that, that'd, that'd that would teach, teach him, him a lesson, wouldn't it? For getting him so hot with a with a nine iron. Exactly. I'm also wondering, Rebecca says, what will be of Ardy and Asher's relationship as well, as Ardy will be angry at her. I also wonder if Abby's note will mention her one night stand with Imran. Oh, yes. It could have done, couldn't it? Interesting. Has Abby mentioned Imran's Well, then Jack thing? knows. That does mean Jack knows. We have to keep an eye on him. Mm. Well, that suddenly gets a bit more interesting if that was mentioned in there. I just assumed it was me saying, sorry, her saying I'm about to go and shoot Corey. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so but terrible. Maybe Isn't there is more. Bad girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, and then Jack can, can read it out at the wedding. Character of the week is Johnny, and I give it four and a half times Toya followed the police on Twitter out of five. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Who As follows well. the police on Twitter? Honestly. We have got a new Patreon this week. New Patreon patron, and it is Archie. Thank Welcome, you very Archie. much, Archie. Thank you very much for joining. Nice up. to get that little email the other day yeah. to say we've got a new patron. So thank you very much. Hope you're enjoying all our lovely bonus content that your new patronage provides you with. Yes, and if you want to join, you can go to Patreon and just type in Conversation Street and you'll find slash Conversation us. Street, we're there. You can, you can donate, okay. it's lovely. Also, it's not donating, because you get something back. You do get, well, yeah, it's donating if you're the $1, $1 tier, isn't it? Um, no, because you get satisfaction then. You get the satisfaction of having your name read out on the podcast and put on our blog. So you, donating where you don't get anything back would be like me never being made a dame, <laughs> even though I sponsor Wikipedia £5 a year. Well, there we go, everybody. This week's podcast is done. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. I enjoyed having a chat oh, about good. this week's Corrie. Well, back back to the normal schedule after a couple of weeks of um, of iffiness. And, um, and now we're nearly into November. And before you know it, it's going to be the Conversation Street Awards, isn't it? We've got like... Four or five weeks before we need to um, sort oh. that out. And that's also going to be around the time we've got our 500th episode, which is getting closer and closer imminently. We're nearly Happy there. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody who's doing something Halloweeny this week. I hope um, it's not too wet for you. Happy Day of the Dead. Exactly. Yeah. Anything else? Um, happy birthday to all those people at the beginning of the podcast that Gemma didn't wish happy birthday to. Guy Fawkes Night. Oh, yes. We have that too as well, don't Burn we? Burn the Heretics. When's that going to be? Is that before the next podcast? Is it the 5th on yeah. Friday? Maybe it is. Maybe. Ooh. 
Well, you know, next week you're going to hear nothing but pops and bangs all the way through the podcast. So we apologize. <laughs> yeah, just be- just prepare for that. Whispers one week and um, loud explosions two weeks later. If you would like to email us, we're at conversationstreet at gmail dot com. Um, please. I think it's about time what? Corey did another "Don't Play with Fireworks." story where somebody gets blown up yeah i don't think this year's the year though they've do you think gone that they did full it on, on halloween when they, they did it that time you know was it 55 years ago they were like this is <laughs> not quite that long sealed ago sealed the deal once and for all no one is ever going to play with fireworks again because of the harrowing portrayal it I had was on the show in the 70s um we have got I um good, episode. i thought it was good um right instagram we're there follow us there that'd be lovely if you did also twitter we've had a couple of people we've had a few notifications whilst we've been recording this very episode of people following us oh, on twitter yay. so thank you very much if it's you although 10, i believe that quite a lot of our twitter followers do not listen to the podcast but never mind um spotify we're there um we're on facebook we've got a few new people on our facebook group this week thank you very much for joining patreon just like archie and um YouTube, we're there. We put up our Coronation Street horror and paranormal discussion from a few years ago. Um, and uh, I guess we'll put something on next week as well. But it won't be Halloween-y because it'll be gone. And I'll get the... Mom. And we've just got a few more days left of my lovely um, Plague Doctor Halloween podca- podcast logo for 2021, which I've quite enjoyed. Is a podcast an exercise podcast? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I've invented a new genre. We have got an extra special new logo next week as well, haven't we, for the... Uh... We do. We do. You have but to have a guess about what that is. I put that up on Monday. Later. You might be able to have a guess. It's Usually, it's usually spread, um, I usually go straight from Halloween into my Remembrance little poppy logo, but we have got something different for this week, just for a change. But you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. If you care about those things, I'd do it to amuse myself, really. I think you have to, otherwise you'd go mad. I think that's it. I think we're going to go. I think it's um, I think it's late. I think we had a good podcast. And um, I hope you all enjoyed that. Everybody didn't fall asleep during it this week like you did last week. So, um, so we'll see you next week, midweek-ish, for our bonus podcast. Hopefully we'll be back into that normal schedule. Um, we'll be back next week to find out what's going on in Coronation Street land. And It's goodbye it. from perpetuity. me, the Grand Master of the British Empire. He didn't make me anything. No, because you're the spouse. <laughs> the spouse you're of the Grand the Master. Husband. My Grand... What does that make me? I don't want to know. Mr. Grandmaster. <laughs> Mr. Grandmaster Michael, signing off. Goodbye, and see you next week. Ta-ra. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> <laughs>